Welcome to a special edition of the uh, Fly Racing post-race podcast on MX Vice. There's obviously no racing. Uh, there's no riders around who have done races recently. It's been five months since we did one of these. But there was a race, and there is a rider who can talk about a race. So technically, it's it's okay. We're counting this as a Fly Racing post-race podcast, I think. It's been five months. We need to do that. Uh, but before we get onto that... Uh, this podcast is obviously presented by Fly Racing, and Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Uh, And the Fly Racing riders were wearing new 2021.5 kinetic mesh gear yesterday, which people may have seen. Uh, Joey Savacci obviously did quite well. Uh, Justin Bogle didn't race, but it was out there, and you may have seen it. So, anyway, obviously this is an Atlanta 1 race review something new. And to discuss that, we have uh, Geben van Venroy Yamaha, or something like that. I think there might be a race in, in there somewhere. And we have Geben van Venroy Yamaha's uh, Calvin Vlanderin to talk about the race. So how's it going, Calvin? What's up, Lewis? Uh, thanks for having me. It's, um, it's going well. Um, Supercross was interesting last night and uh, excited to do this podcast with you. It's my uh, first podcast ever, so it should be, should be fun to do. It's it's weird because on MX Vice every year I do the thing. You've been in it. I get all the GP riders' predictions for Supercross, and people love that. People love that so much that they're like, "Oh, you should ask the American riders to do the same for GPs." And it's like, no, no, no. GP riders love Supercross like in a special way. Like I don't know how technically you're you're exactly the same as those riders. You're their peers, but Supercross is so like interesting to everyone over here but i don't think people quite understand that even like the very best gp riders the very worst everyone watches supercross every night yeah i love it i mean anaheim one there's such a hype or normally anaheim one this year was a bit different but normally there's such a hype around anaheim one and and the first round and i mean every round actually i just love love watching supercross i've always been a fan um since i was a little kid um i think it has a little bit more hype than it does mxgp um and I look up to all these Supercross riders. I have much respect for them. I think I've never done Supercross in my life before, but I think I would love to do it. And um, I think it's a complete different sport to motocross. Um, I, yeah, I take my hat off to them, what they do on the bike and on the track. And uh, yeah, it's been good racing this season. And uh, I, you know, I don't know how they look at the MXGP series. I don't know if even if they watch it or not. Um, but I know a lot of MXGP riders watched Supercross and, and enjoyed it a lot. I'd imagine, like you say, you'd like to give it a go at some point. I'd imagine a track like Atlanta 1, you kind of look at that and you're like, well, that that isn't even that much of a stretch, really. It's basically a lot of doubles. Like, yeah, sure, there were whoops and there was two rhythm sections, but that's closer to the skill set the GP riders have than a typical Anaheim 1 or Houston 1 or whatever. Exactly. I mean, every year I look at Daytona, I'm like, oh, man, that's like, I would really love to ride that track because it's pretty similar to motocross, just a little bit bigger jumps and uh, obviously more timing and things like that that you need but this track also atlanta one last night it was it was um similar to daytona it was like a long lap time one minute or one minute 40 it was normally it's around one minute so it's like double 
and that's similar to motocross and i think yeah watching it it was like damn it was it was more of a supercross track than daytona was but it was still it was still really cool to watch and being a little bit muddy made it more technical more lines more ruts and uh, that made for some interesting racing i guess being south african growing up you like I guess it's like Australia. Everyone looks to Supercross more than they do MXGP, right? I'd imagine. Yeah, exactly. We, I know, like there were some more. There were more South African races riding MXGP than there were um, in America. Um, so I was watching the South African heroes at the time: Tyler Atre, Gareth Swanepoel. They were all in Europe. So obviously, I was following the, the GP series as well. But I think I was more into Supercross. I think South African riders are more into Supercross than they are into into Europe. So. I think some of the good riders in South Africa, that's like a decision. Oh, do you go to Euro- US to race or do you go to Europe? And I mean, I'm fortunate fortunate enough to to come here and uh, kind of make a make a career out of it. So uh, you mentioned the track there a little bit. It was something that we've never seen before. It was Daytona-esque, but also so far from Daytona in many ways. I... Going into it, I was excited. I was excited to see what it was going to be like. Obviously, you know, it's new things, so that's always good. But I also was kind of already wary that maybe it would just be fast and there wouldn't be much passing. And like, I just kind of was already a bit timid of maybe this isn't going to be the most exciting racing ever. Obviously, the rain kind of changed. Like, we didn't really get a full answer on that. But I mean, it was it was okay, I guess. It wasn't. There weren't that many places to set up passes and stuff, but also the weather probably comes into that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I disagree with it. I think Daytona is also always a track where it's like many places to pass because it's a little bit longer lap time. You know, the the times are, are a lot different from the, the fastest rider to the slowest rider, let me say. And this last night was also like that. I mean, the, the lap times were quite not quite similar as to other supercross tracks because some supercross tracks are really easy well, not easy but the lap times are really close whereas last night the lap times were really yeah it was more spaced out than than normal and i thought i thought this made a difference like if you see some of the heat races some guys crashed they came back to almost win win the race so that will never happen in a normal supercross track i think i don't know maybe i'm just down on it i do, I, I do the same going into daytona i'm kind of like well okay like it's different and okay but i i always would prefer to see a proper supercross track like arlington free not not a cookie cutter easier supercross tracks that we've seen this year but i'd just rather see a proper supercross track in a proper stadium with proper bowl turns and proper rhythms that's kind of i just want to see what i have always known supercross to be i know what you mean but like sometimes i mean some of the races this year the guy who gets out in front it's like 90 percent chance that he's going to win i mean last night I felt like whoever got the whole shot, he still needs to work really hard to get that win. Like I feel like you could have come from the back of the pack to still do well last night. And I think some of the Supercross tracks this year hasn't really hasn't really been like that. So for me, it was interesting racing. I really enjoyed watching, especially with the little bit of rain that that they had. I think uh, yeah, the track looked really deceiving, like all the riders said. And uh, I, I expected it to be a little bit more muddy. I actually wanted it to be a little more muddy, then mix it up a little bit more. Um, but it is what it is. It was still good, good racing, and uh, was was fun to watch. Those were um, proper GP conditions in the heat races. Like where, like I, I 100% imagine that Americans watching that were like, "Oh, this is a mudder." But that was just the most classic GP conditions of. It's really slick. It doesn't look slick, but it's just basically slick as anything. I think all the European riders that were there, or that have raced in Europe, had had some um, advantage, like like Hunter, like Max. I think they they really rode well in the heat races, and I think that's also from experience from being here in Europe and racing some some slick uh, 
France, muddy, muddy tracks. Uh, speaking of people coming from behind to win, I guess Tomac kind of did that. Uh, he was fourth at the end of lap one, which, yeah, that's only half a lap. So uh, he obviously came on to win. I think everyone expected it with it being a Daytona-esque track. But also, I don't know. I didn't think it was going to happen. I would have put money on Chase, and I, w- I definitely think Aaron would have had that had he not crashed. Like, he was gone, and I don't think... I'd imagine even Chase, Cooper, Eli kind of looked at him as a step too far. Yeah, when, when AP got out front, I I knew it was going to be a good race. I mean, he's been riding really well this, this season. He's definitely stepped it up. Um, since the past two years, he struggled, and I think this year he's really... Like he said before the season, you're going to see a different different uh, Aaron, and I think he's definitely definitely proven that. He was pulling away. I think he had like five six seconds lead, and um, yeah, he put he put it down unfortunately. But I, since then, well, when when Chase got into the lead, I um I saw that he was also riding comfortable. He looked like he wasn't pushing. He was just riding smooth, and you know Chase is a really talented rider. And being a rookie in that class, I, I doesn't even look like he was a rookie. He was riding so well. Um, I expected him to win. I think he deserved to win, and I think the backmarker got in the way 100%. Uh, if the backmarker didn't get in the way, I think that he would have won. But anyway, congrats to Tomac. He also deserved it, I guess. Yeah, I feel like we should probably should have started talking about this chase incident. So the backmarker got in the way. I haven't watched it back since I watched it live, but I don't think I saw blue flags close enough to the berm where he would have actually known that Chase was there. But also... I don't think Clayson cost Chase the win because I feel like also Chase just lost his head like immediately. Like I don't know why he went to the inside in the next turn. Especially he went to the inside but didn't hold the inside, like faded into the race line still. So it's like, well, like why not just start there in the in the beginning and go wide? I imagine he went to the inside thinking that if he went to the berm, Eli would have come up the inside and then just uh, stuffed him. But also then they both roll the double, so it's kind of like fair game. I feel like that was the worst thing he could have done. So I feel like he kind of lost his head there. And then now he says that he thought it was the last lap and that's why he didn't jump the double after the finish. And that kind of, I feel like that confirms that his head was fully gone after that. Yeah, I um, I also haven't looked it back, but I think that Clayson was quite a quite a distance in front of in front of them, like half a lap before that, that incident happened. So I think they caught him really quickly and he also didn't, didn't know that they were right behind. I don't know how, I didn't see any blue flags or anything like that, but I think... When Chase jumped into the inside, he thought Clayson would just run wide and give him the give him the spot, but he didn't. He just hold the line, and Chase couldn't jump the double, and he had to go inside the corner afterwards. But I think when you in that moment, it's difficult to make a split decision like that. Do you go outside? Do you go inside? And I think when he went to the inside before the that that last corner before the finish line, he obviously didn't have the drive to jump the double, and then he knew Tomac was going to come and pass him, and. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't hear him that he said that that uh, he thought it was the last lap. But anyway, um, it's a racing incident, and I think Clayson apologized afterwards. But um, I think Clayson deleted his social media. No way. I think I looked. I tried to look this morning, and I think he's deleted all of his social media. I saw. I saw uh, Wilson get a little bit heated um, to one uh, one uh, commenter after the race because obviously he said, I saw that but I couldn't find I saw his reply but I couldn't find the comment that he was actually replying to for some reason he was just I I found it he said that um something about Clayson and and Dean you don't want to they don't want to be back markers or something like that you don't want to be lapping them or something like that and Dean uh, obviously Dean didn't make the main last line I was pretty bummed about that yeah I need to actually make it we need to remember to talk about that because I've got 
There's okay. some stuff to talk about with that. But um, no, uh, Chase said that he thought it was the last lap after the race uh, in the post-race press conference or whatever. Didn't say it on the podium, which kind of makes me even think that maybe... Okay, I probably shouldn't say this, but maybe he didn't actually... Maybe that wasn't what he was thinking at the time, but mm. after the race, the more he thought about it, he was like, well, I look pretty stupid for not doing that double. Yeah, ah, yeah I thought it was the last lap. Yeah, that was why. Like, just clutch into any reason. I also thought it was strange because I thought maybe he would make try come back at, at Eli because they jumped the finish line together. Actually, he was yeah, it was just, he was still in it. He was still definitely in it. He could have definitely come back if he if he had made that second double after the finish line. But I think when he didn't jump that, I was like, okay, now Tomac has it. Like that's it, race is over. But if I think, yeah, if if AP didn't go down, it would have been would have been his race, I think. And he um he was looking really good out front. But that's something also to talk about. I mean how. The last two years, he was nowhere. He also had some good starts last year, and he just faded back to 15th or something. And now he's just a different rider. What, what, you know, is it the bike? Is it him? But um, I think that, I think even GP riders who ride, well, actually, no, there, there we go. I've just realized I've got one in front of me. I was going to say GP riders who ride a Yamaha. Obviously, you're not factory like AP or like Sewer or like Ben, but you're on a Yamaha. I feel like as a base setting or a base structure, Riding a YZ450 in Europe is so much better than riding one, or at least for the last two years, in America. And I don't think anyone can actually figure out what the difference is, because you don't look at uh, Paul Antonis, Sewer, Ben now, Koldenoff in the f- coming up, you don't look at those riders and think, ah, well, they're on the Yamaha, like, who knows? Whereas in America, that is kind of the way that people look at it. Like, Ferrand is coming into this year, everyone was like, oh, he's going to do great, but he's on the Yamaha. Mm. And I don't know why, like, if it was truly the Yamaha that would be something that you'd be talking about in every form of racing. Like, uh, even amateur level, especially GPs, because like I say, you are effectively the same type of people. But obviously, the Yamaha works well for you, and you're on a satellite team. So if anything, you should be the one who's struggling with it. Yeah, I I can't really answer that question. I don't know what they've done. I don't know. I obviously saw the results last year of in America with Aaron and, and, uh, and Barsha, and obviously they weren't performing well. They weren't they weren't performing to what a factory team should be. And I can't answer the question why. I know Barsha was quite honest and open about that they struggled with the bike. He couldn't find the feeling and, and things like that. And uh, this year it seems like they've definitely gone to work with that that more move the factory team moving to Star. I think that was a good good decision for Yamaha. And they've definitely done well this year. I mean, I expected uh, Dylan to be a little bit better, to be honest. I think that his results don't really show how he's riding lately. I think he's riding a little better. He's just struggling with starts. But like uh, Aaron, he's ri- really riding well. I think that's also, after one good result, confidence is there. You know, he had really good start, good start last night and he was on his way to a good result and unfortunately put it down. But like, yeah, him and, and Dylan, they've both been riding well and I think they've definitely found something with the bike that they were missing the last two years in the in the factory team so um it's interesting to to see i i want to know what they found you know i think i think they shed weight i think that was the first thing but that can't just be it there's no way that solves everything what do you say they got rid of some weight some weight yeah that's what i heard okay but yeah it could be i i haven't heard it that can't be it though can it like there must be more that comes with that you could like shedding some weight doesn't just fix everything i'm sure that um wilvo the factory team here has definitely have contact with them and oh you would think you would think or hope hopefully they do um 
unfortunately for me, I don't, I can't know what they're changing because I'm not in that factory spot. Um, oh, imagine if you were, you'd have, you would actually know all of this stuff. I would love it. I oh. mean, I have good, <laughs> I have a good relationship with Gareth Swanepoel, and if there's anything that I need to know, sometimes I run it through him. Like, ah, oh, you know, what is Aaron doing? Last year, I had this this issue. I had something wrong with the bike. Um, I just wasn't comfortable with a few things, and I w went to to Gareth, and I was like, Gareth, what is Aaron doing with this, this, this? And he helped me, and and it, it definitely helped. But you know, the tracks are, you know, Supercross, Motocross, also two different things, and. Uh, um, some things, some things worked, some things didn't work, and and I think uh, it would be nice to know what they're doing with the bike, just for us to try. Um, but you know, we also working hard to to get that Yamaha. Um, uh, the balance is very important with the Yamaha, and I think that's that's uh, with all the riders. I mean, not really complaining about that, but each track is different, yeah. and uh, that's important to to figure out. Um, and uh, yeah, I know that that Glenn, he's really liking the chassis of the Yamaha. He's just struggling a little bit with, with some engine stuff. Um, but obviously Jeremy and Ben, I heard that they're very happy. So it's uh, in interesting. Every rider um, needs some different things with the, with the bike or wants some different things to find that comfort. Uh, obviously Tomac won. That was his third win of the season. If I told you before round one that it would take 13 rounds for Tomac to get three wins, would you have believed that at all or would you have just told me I'm crazy? um so that probably, that is already what probably, i would have said <laughs> yeah i probably told you you're crazy i i expected tomac to come out and, and win like he's done the, the past few years i don't see tomac the same tomac as i saw last year or the years before see i i feel like i saw this coming a tiny bit okay that makes me sound like i think i'm some kind of genius i feel like like coming into the season i was all over web like Webb was my pick for the title. I genuinely did not think that Tomac was going to win the title, but that was because I thought Webb would be the better rider, not because I thought Tomac would be meh, like he has mm. been all year. But he looks different, no? Like, that's quite clear. And also, actually, he's got three wins on a season. Two of them are, a, two of them are in a speedway, which isn't, like, like we say, real Supercross. And one of them was uh, the second round, which, truthfully, he got gifted. So even now, like, yeah. he's now matched Roxon's number of main event wins, but... I still would say he's been less impressive than Roxon, even with Roxon's late sort of slump, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, I 100% I agree. I think, uh, like you said, it's a different different rider. And the the late race charges, I just don't see anymore. Like last night, he also got gifted that win for me. I, like you said, round two, he got gifted the win. And I, last night for me, he also got gifted that win. So, you know, since he got that title last year, I don't know if he's just taken a step back. And being like, oh, you know, I, I can win. So I just don't see that fire in him like I see in, in Cooper. And I mean, I, I don't see that fire in anyone like I see in Cooper, to be honest. I feel, well, obviously the Nationals last year were similar. Um, even last night in the heat race, like the first lap, he was just rolling everything. And I was watching it like everyone around you is jumping. Like, it's fine. It's okay. Like, you can do it. Like, I believe in you. But it was just, well, obviously won the heat. So you could say that was a genius strategy. But still, it was just like... A, don't know why you're rolling all of this stuff like sure the conditions are shit but everyone else around you is jumping like max anstey was jumping and he's on a suzuki and he's a british like i think he was just taking it easy trying to see how slippery the track was because obviously he saw the 250 guys a lot of guys go down because of how s slippery it was and deceiving it was so maybe he was just taking it easy but yeah this heat too 
like they said, it was like the guys were six seconds a lap faster than he'd won. That's a big difference, six seconds. And and yeah, I I like like I said, I don't see the fire in him like I saw in the years the years before. I um I heard that he's trying to get a Supercross only contract, which would indicate that he's in his mind he's kind of what would you say not on his way out well yeah on his way out but also like maybe not as fired up to do 29 races a year and not as fired up to kind of do the whole slog of being a professional rider i guess that's that's new to me i've never heard that but he's for me he's also like an outdoor guy he's really good at outdoors so that's 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 strange but i know i don't you know, these the Supercross series is so long, and then you go to outdoors, which is also so long. Like they don't ever have a break. So, it's I'm surprised that not not more riders are asking for this because it is such a long such a long season, and they don't ever have a break. I mean, in MXGP we we have 19 GPs, which is or 20 GPs, which is a long season, longer than it was in the past. But at least we have a good three four months off season to have a break and to get ready for the new season. Whereas there. They're out one. They're out of Supercross, and they're straight into outdoors, which is you know it's it's tough for the body. And I think after you're doing this for many years, I think you get over it a bit. Are you um? How would you sort of rank Chase Sexton's rookie year? Obviously, he's missed races. He's crashed a fair amount of times, but I still think it's good. Like uh, first of all, he's shown the speed that he can win. Like that's obvious. He can do that. I think that's all you can really ask for from a rookie because. In the long run, I'm sure Honda are much happier knowing that he can win main events than had he lined up at every race, uh, ridden around in ninth and kind of not done much or not really been talked about. I'm really impressed with, with Chase this year. Like, even though he's had that those big crashes and some injuries, I think that he's shown that he's a title content, contender in the future. I think that uh, he's by by far, one. I think, the best rookie this, this year. I know that I expected... I mean, he was battling with with Fernandez in the two fifties, and for me, he's a step above Fernandez this, this year in four fifties. And I think a lot of that comes from, uh, how do I say? yeah, I, I think bike is very comfortable. Whereas I, I look at Dylan, he's not that comfortable yet on the four fifty, and Chase looks very comfortable. Um, I think having James Stewart as a trainer has also really helped with men- mentally. Um, but like I said last night, he should have won, and I'm really impressed with him. He's riding really well. It'll be interesting to see like what he does with this next year because next year should be the year here where he really works out the kinks from this year and we see this speed like more consistently. But also then that's when maybe the tide starts to turn at Honda a little bit because suddenly Chase is consistently challenging Roxon and consistently taking points away from Roxon. So I feel like the dynamic of Chase's progression from here on out is going to be quite um, interesting to watch. I think you're going to see that more often. I think you're going to see Chase... Uh, being the better rider of the two, um, out of out of Ken, and I think the the focus. I think the team really focuses a lot on Ken, obviously winning the winning the title. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think in the future it's gonna gonna change. But like, how many more how many more years do you see Ken Ken doing this? I think he's got two more on his contract. Ah, he still. Has. I don't think he's got. I don't think it's one. Or maybe it is just. I looked last week. Um, maybe it is just next year now. But either way, I mean. I mean, okay, we can talk, let's just talk about that now. Cooper Webb was third. That was his worst result since Indy sometime, Indy 3 or Indy 2, January. Uh, he's won the title. I mean, we all, I feel like we all knew that this had happened. Effectively. I mean, okay, he hasn't won it, but we all knew that it was going this way. 
no one really wanted to believe it and it was like oh well it may be tonight Roxon can pull it back and then oh it's gonna rain maybe this is what's gonna change the tide a little bit uh no it's it's over oh yeah it's never over until it's really over but it's over it's it's almost over how, how many points does he have now i think it's 24 or something yeah, 24 i think i saw yeah that's almost a full 22 race. which almost is really no race. better i mean in the before the season started i said to you like you know cooper's going to be cooper's going to be he's is my is my pick for the season and i think he he's shown that he's the best rider and he's he just has he just wants to win you just see that he just wants to win he, he's not happy with the second whereas i see ken and, and eli they, they're happy with the second place and that's the difference i think that's what that's what i can see it's just Coop, he just he just wants to win would that's um it. is there anyone in gps who you can like relate Coop's mentality and his kind of the way he operates to i guess herlins would be yeah, number jeffrey, one jeffrey like through and through and it? it's just that it's that classic mentality of fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you i'm gonna win and i don't care if i piss off the team i don't care if i piss off that mm. team i don't care if i piss off every other rider on this gate it's just about winning but then weirdly it doesn't that mentality doesn't bite cooper as much as it does jeffrey i think cooper is so mentally strong so so mentally strong and i think jeffrey sometimes lacks a little bit of mental see i wouldn't think that from what he says though but then do you think that's what that's how it works isn't it you tell you you i tell you i tell you that i'm doing the best podcast ever but i don't actually think that i'm telling you that because i'm trying to tell myself that yeah you know that's the most confusing story like, ever for, from what i see the actions like what cooper does and like the small little cheeky things like he does you wouldn't ever see jeffrey doing that and maybe that's just to get in in, in ken's head or whatever and and he, rightfully so he's done that if i look at the how you know when he wrote red plate on on the pit board around and, four like that's yeah so early. and also <laughs> last year when he when he when he won and and did the little gunshot when he you know when he went went over the finish line, he did the little yeah yeah, and then there was thing. um there like was... all these cheeky little things which Ken like Ken says ah oh, it doesn't get to me but hundred percent it gets to him hundred oh, percent has to yeah has you to. have to be the most like m- not even mentally strong you have to be the most like closed off person to see that and let it just float off your shoulders like that that would just I d- I would not handle that well. I, th- I just think, yeah, Cooper's just one one step ahead mentally than everyone else. I think Ken is technically a better rider and probably is better rider than Cooper, but Cooper just wants it, wants it that much more than, than uh, Ken. But that's what's more, even more frustrating because everyone knows and thinks that Ken is the better technical rider. And then Arlington 3, it just doesn't work. Mm. Like The results don't tell that story. And it's just like, well... Like, well, it's over then. Like, that is the prime opportunity. Like, I, even before we saw what the Atlanta tracks would be like in person, I always thought that this would kind of be where maybe it would start to get away from Ken a little bit because we knew Eli would be good on these type of tracks. And, okay, maybe you wouldn't say this is Cooper's strength, but I definitely wouldn't say it's Ken's strength. Mm-hmm. So even back in Indy when he, was, when he swept the triple header, I was already thinking then, okay... He just needs to go into Atlanta and then especially Salt Lake with a buffer of like 10 to 15 points and then it's manageable. I always, I was always of the opinion that if Ken and Cooper or Eli, when we thought he was going to be in this back in January, if Ken goes into the Atlanta and Salt Lake tied with any of those riders, then 
it will get away from him. I always thought he had to go in with a buffer, and I guess, well, a tenth or a ninth place yeah. tells you. I mean, Ken came into the season thinking, or everyone, he said to everyone, oh, it's a new Ken, you know, he's changed some things in his program, which I don't know what he's changed. Um, he's just focusing on himself. That's all he's doing. And, you know, when he, when he did that, that three-peat, it was, it was cool to see because, you know, ah, oh, it's working for Ken. You know, whatever he's doing, it's working for him. But I see that's when Coop is just a little bit mentally more strong and he does these little cheeky things. And I think that's slowly getting into Ken's head. And I don't know, the results just, just show that. I mean, I, I'm still a big fan of Ken and I still want him to win, to be honest. But it's just it's a long shot now, I think. Yeah, I'd, I, if I could pick, I'd want him to win the title. But just because it's a good story, I'd yeah. imagine it would do quite a lot for the sport in like the mainstream because ESPN stuff like that would probably pick up that story. Um, it would also be cool to have uh, five, I think, five champions in five different years. But there's there's just no way. Like at this point, there is a way. I mean, uh, there's no way. There is a way. <laughs> I mean, you, you saw what happened to Jeffrey last year. Oh. So. There's just no way. That's the thing, though. You don't see that from Cooper. Like we're at the point now where if Cooper's bike breaks, that isn't even enough. Like that will that will even out the points, and they'll basically be tied. But that isn't like even if they then went back to being tied with three rounds to go, I'd be here like, well, mm. like we need we need something else to happen. Yeah, I think if if Cooper was in ninth, like Ken was in the middle of the race yesterday. I think Coop would have definitely come through the pack and finished at least in top five. When I, when, when well, Ferrandis did it. Yeah, Ferrandis went down and he finished. Yeah. He went through Ken yeah. and into the top five. Like, Roxon must watch that and be like, that's, I, I just can't. It just makes no sense that history is repeating itself because last year was the exact same thing. Okay, there was the COVID break. There was the uh, seven races in Salt Lake at altitude. So those, I have no doubt that those things had an impact. But still, the case is the same as up until the 10th round, Ken was in the battle. He had the red plate, lost the red plate in the 10th round. And then from then on, just like a different guy. Like yeah. not even a, not, if you introduce someone to a sport now and showed them uh, since round 10 on, they would not tell you that Roxon is one of the elite and they would not tell you that he is in the title fight. It just doesn't look that way. Yeah, I don't know what more to say. Um, I'm sad. It it is sad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed as well because I I wanted Ken to win. Like, I'm, you know, it, it is what it is. Okay, enough enough about Ken because getting getting me down here. I just I just want a battle. <laughs> That's all I want. I I'm just saying. want a battle. Like, I just want it to. I don't care who it. Like, it can be between Clayson and Tyler Bowers. I just want a battle to go down to the last round because even GPs. That's all I want in anywhere because I feel like as a sport, we are losing that quite rapidly. Like we are, as a, as a sport, as a global sport, we are getting to the point where five rounds left in whatever championship, you kind of know what's going to happen. And I don't like that because that's then it's just like, well. Yeah, I, I can see for, from the outside why people don't like that because they want it to be exciting. And But if, if I'm the rider and I'm leading the championship, I want to go into the last three rounds knowing I have a little bit of a buffer. So, I mean... I can see why why you're saying that because it's more exciting to watch. But from the riders rider side, obviously, it's different. But it, yeah, it's just like I said, the the fire in in Ken or in Coop. It's just Ken Ken just doesn't want it that much as Coop, and and it's just shown with this with his results. I mean, I've seen in the heat races, Coop isn't even that good. Like the last three 
three supercross races he hasn't been that good but he just comes out and and wins every single time like he i remember see, seeing him in the gate yesterday he had outside outside uh outside of the box and i was like oh you know maybe he's going to get a bit, bad song oh yeah i thought that i was like okay here we go this <laughs> yes, is on now exactly and but it wasn't he came out swinging and and got how about his top two in the start or something so i um i've only just seen this but I'm surprised that Roxon's still led more laps than Cooper this year. I'm actually wondering if the results are fucked up because I don't understand how Roxon would have still led more laps than Cooper. But then again, that just shows that Cooper finds a way. He doesn't have to hold shot. He doesn't have to yeah. win the heat race. He doesn't have to lead every lap. Like True. maybe we're seeing Roxon does. He just finds a way. And I guess yeah. that's, that is the ultimate quality that you want to have as a rider. 100%. And I, I, when I watch these races, I try to learn something from it and, and I take, I try to take something out of it into my racing. And that's something that I've looked at this year and seen Coop. He's like, even if he's not comfortable on the bike or whatever, he tries, he does everything he can to be comfortable and to get those passes at the end of the race. Even if it is just one pass or something like that, he's there and he's going to make it happen. And the riders know that. And I think that's something I'm going to bring into my racing this year is like, never give up like never ever give up you know because they say never give up but i see some riders if they're in third okay they're gonna ride around in third till the till the check flag but he's like this guy's in front of me for second i'm gonna take these two or three points whatever the um i guess there's not really much else to talk about 450s uh barsha's crash in the heat race was nah basically headbutted his front wheel as he went down. I'm actually surprised that he... I, I actually genuinely thought he was um, not going to race the main after that. Because when... Between the heats and the main, they had like a pit report in front of... The, and actually, I need to talk to you about TV as well. Uh, they had a pit report like in front of the team tent. And I genuinely thought that was going to be a... Oh, he hit his head a little bit. Like he headbutted mm. the front wheel. From from a height as well. Yeah, I saw. I saw. It was quite a gnarly crash. And he had some stitches in his lip or something. But uh, what did he finish in the main actually? Tenth. I didn't yeah. notice him once. I two With two laps to go... No. I said, oh, Barsha's in 11th. Did not even know. He I is. couldn't tell you where he started. I couldn't tell you if he crashed, if he crashed 10 times. Like, just quiet. He does look look like look like a, a normal Barsha this year, though. Like, his style and aggressiveness. He hasn't had that the last few years on Yamaha, and I see that now with, with the gas cast. I feel like he's more comfortable on that bike, to be honest. I am surprised he hasn't won again since round one. I, I wouldn't have said he'd been a title fight, but I would have said that he would... I would have probably put him down for at least one more win, but even two, maybe even three. Yeah, I mean, he's fourth in points and he's he's had some good results. Been on the podium many times. I think they can be happy with him there. I'd imagine that they'll bring him back. Well, I'd imagine, I think he's on a multi-year deal yeah. anyway, but as far as the gas-gas experiment goes, like it's actually almost similar to Glenn in GPs last year. It's a solid... Well, they both had one win as well. Yes. Um, a solid way to introduce gas gas into the sport. Like, and I think Barsh is a good fit for that, like you say. Yeah, hundred percent. He's done well. Done well. What do you what do you think about Marvin? I hear that he's not gonna retire. Which I would have bet a will lot he, of money. Will, will he stay at KDM? I hear that KTM made him an offer. Okay. Where do you hear all this stuff? It's not hard to guess. Okay. <laughs> Um, speaking of Max Anstey, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm impressed with Max. Oh, honestly, like just a proud person. I was watching last <laughs> night, like even that in the heat race, he was Roxon. like Max is great. Roxon should have blown past him. 
Max was the one skimming the whoops and Roxon was doubling or rolling or whatever. And it's just like, that that is just the wrong way round. But no, you're impressed with Max as a whole or just, or I'm just in, last I'm in, night? I'm really impressed with Max since since uh, since the first round. I didn't expect him to be this this good. I think not many people realize how tough it is to even make the main in that in that class. And he, I think he's made every single main, right? Yeah, and yeah. not only made every single main, not gone but, to one LCQ. Yeah, and done and done really well. What what did you know? Like, like I said, not many people know how tough it is. Also, to he hasn't raced Supercross in many years. All these guys have been racing Supercross every year, so to to come out and do so well and and improving each week. Like, I think it was not last round. I mean, not yesterday, but the round before. You could see that he starting to find his flow. He's at actually racing these guys and not just you know riding around jumping the jumps. He's actually actually properly racing and, and last night was cool to see him battling with battling up front with ken and and some other big names and i think this is also going to help his confidence and uh it's it's unfortunate that he went down in the in the in the main he was um he was very sendy last night for some reason i don't know what happened but heat race jesus christ i thought he was going to land i thought he was going to take roxon's head off oh that was that i was actually a, that was visibly like cringed like I, I, even now, I don't really understand how he didn't just decapitate Roxon. So that's good. Like, I'm glad that Roxon still has his head. <laughs> that's good. And then main event, the double before the finish line, everyone was rolling, and then you just see this heavy Suzuki flying through the air. Like he was just very sendy last night. Yeah, he was. But he was. I think he would have been top ten had he not crashed. I think he would have been around the top ten. I think 100%. he would have been eighth to twelfth, which would have been thirteenth uh, is his best result so far. So even a twelfth would have been a step forward. But no, I think definitely top eleven, and also, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, I think he can be better than this as well. I like from what I heard coming into the season, like because that's another thing. You say it's hard to make the main and blah blah blah. People also forget he came in eight rounds in. Like that's hard in itself, and even now that's hard because, okay, you could say you could make the case that riders who have done every round are kind of getting tired and getting a bit over it, but they've also got well, some of them have got data from last year, but even if they're on new teams this year. They've got uh, 13 rounds under their belts. They've got, they know what works. They know what doesn't. Still, what, uh, Max came in at round eight. This is round 13. So what's that? Uh, six races? Like six races isn't much at all. Yeah, he's done. Like I said, he's done really well. Like coming, he's been racing in Europe the last few years. Hasn't done any Supercross. You know, he, he he's on a team that's that's not the best team. I mean, if you look at, at Brandon Hardraft, his teammate, and seven deuce deuce or whatever his name is he's um exactly he's doing he's outperforming them like a, a lot like he's riding really well for the bike that he's on and i think um he's improving each week and he's getting better and better and yeah i think he was around he was a top 10 guy last night and that's cool to see really cool to see i'm i'm uh excited to see what he's uh, going to do in the last few rounds he's um he's okay as well it sounds like i thought well he was down for a while so that was scary because i like he wasn't exactly quick to get to his feet um and then i think they thought it was a broken rib or something like that but um all the scans came back as okay so i think he's well he's obviously beaten up but do you blame do you blame vince for that crap? oh oh 100 if if vince wasn't there first of all what the hell was vince doing so close to him was he trying to get on the suzuki like what was Vince doing the whole the whole first two laps? I thought I thought that Vince was going to do some Fast and Furious shit and jump off of his Honda onto the back of Max's Suzuki and then just ride the rest of the main event with him. Um, <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, 
if Vince wasn't there, okay, so Max lit up the back end coming out the corner, happens, blah, blah, blah. Max would have grabbed the brakes, slowed down. Two or three people would have gone by him. He would have picked up the pace again and he would have continued with his race. But oh no, there's this Honda trying to merge with the Suzuki and make a Hozuki. I don't even think Max would have lost lost positions to be honest. He just slid the back back wheel out a little bit because it was slippery. He wouldn't have he, crashed. He wouldn't, 100% he wouldn't have Worst crashed. case he is just he just has bit. to jam on the brakes as no, hard but as he, possible. He had so much space to move on to start line to go back. So he, he wouldn't even maybe lost one position or something like that. But Vince was just, I think, so committed and he was already on the gas and he was watching his front tire that he didn't know that Max slid out. And as soon as he looked up, saw Max slid out and had nowhere to go and just ran, ran the back of him. It, um, when I obviously saw them both down, my first thought was that Vince had cleaned him out. Well, I think that was everyone's first thought. But this is even worse because it's like, okay, so just if you're near in any, like, okay, so it's not just a case now of taking riders out. It's also a case of if you're just near, then it's probably not going to go well. Everyone's scared of this guy on the track. Like, Everyone just, just tries to take a little bit, of, little bit of extra space. Why is he following? What, like, don't follow. There was a nice outside, like he could have slung, slingshot around the outside of Max. I, but I mean, he's also there. He's also trying to do his best. Oh, he is also doing really he's doing, well, he's I doing think. pretty well. Well, he's, if you look at his teammates, yeah, like he is probably the best saving the team, that team. Yeah. But still, like- also, He's also just trying to trying to do well. He's also, you know, so I can't, just can't leave blame Max the guy, alone. but like some, in, some things that happened this year, like you're like, come on Vince, you know? Just, just, just take it easy a little bit. Just leave Max alone. He's honest. He's British, first of all, so he doesn't know what he's doing. He's on a Suzuki, so it's heavy. He's got to kick <laughs> his bike, so he doesn't need this. Like, if he, even if he could have continued, he would have had to kick his bike, so he doesn't need that hassle in his life. Just, just should have left him alone. But I am like, people think I say that I'm impressed with Max just because I'm saying it. But I am genuinely impressed with Max. Like, me too. Even his steadiness. He just. Apart from last night, okay, probably a bad time to talk about his steadiness, but also that wasn't his fault. Um, just his general kind of, um, I can put in laps and not make mistakes and do the jumps and not really flinch is impressive to me. Because I think everyone thought that, okay, maybe he would get a 13th, but also uh, he would miss a main. Maybe he would crash out of one race. Like, I don't think anyone thought he would just be so consistent. there. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, consistency is, is something noticeable this year. I also didn't like. I didn't expect him to make every main and easily make every main. He's like, like I said in the beginning, it was he was just I think learning a lot because obviously he's never raced 450 Supercross before, so he's learning a lot. And I think now he's starting to get his flow, and you know it's it's cool to see. I'm also it's it's nice to see a European guy go over there and and race and and do well. Do you actually like care in the sense of like? watching Max as in this is kind of maybe what you could do like is it interesting to you to just see where someone who is kind of around you at GPs obviously you never race because you just missed each other but sim like both top guys is it interesting to you to just see what that kind like what that level in GPs kind of translates to in America um I don't really look at it like that um I know that Max has some history in Supercross before he's been in America for a while or when he was younger um, which I've never had that experience, but I think uh, I would love to go there and race. I think it's something really cool and, and something to, you know, it's, a, it's, it's different. It's a complete different sport than motocross. And I think um, yeah, it's just, it's something cool. The whole hype around it, 
racing in a stadium, so many fans around. I think that's something special. And I would love to, to race Supercross race before my career ends. But I don't know if I would, I was thinking about it the other day. I don't know if I was, if I would go there and race 250 or, or 450. I think I would start riding a 250 first to get to know the track and things like that. And then or do a few years on 250 yeah. and then go 450. So you would, you would want to do seasons. You wouldn't want to do race. I would want to do a season. Yeah. Well, I guess Supercross is kind of impossible to do a race, but yeah, I think going there. Oh wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You you almost went. I've just remembered. Before, obviously, you struggled to get an MXGP ride because the yeah. system screwed you over. You almost went. Almost, it was close. So, do you look at that now? Like, wait, what team did you almost go to? Charlie. I, I I did not know that. Yeah, they they had convers- obviously Brian Moreau. He he has some Supercross background. And that helped him get that ride. Um, but there were some conversations of me going there, um, you know, for in that spot, in Brian Murray's spot, which, you know, it's it's sad to see what happened to Brian. Um, but, you know, I don't regret going to Gabon and, and doing what I, what, what, you know, MXGP is comfortable to me. I yeah. was going to Supercross would have been completely new and it would have been cool though. I look back and, and, you know, it's something, something that would have been really cool. For and some reason, maybe I the opportunity f- comes up again, and I think if the opportunity comes up again, I'm definitely going to take it. For some reason, I always thought you were um, in talks with JGR. I don't know why. I just feel like that was just the standard move for every GP rider. No, I've never, never. Yeah. Well, if the opportunity ever comes up for me again as well, I will take it because <laughs> just get me to America. Um, but it's 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 a complete different different game, like. I spoke to to Thomas Covington uh, last year, and he said that it looks better than what it is. Oh, just, if, I, if Thomas Covington was answering my calls, we would be phoning him right now because he is drunk. <laughs> he just said it's it's all about the show. He says like after the race, they just put you on the floor to rest a little bit, and then you have to go back in and do the main event. Like he said, they put you on the floor like like, like a tor- like like there's no there's no. I'm sure they give him a chair. <laughs> he said sometimes you had to sit on the floor because there was no chairs. I, like he said, it looks so good, but actually when you're there, it's it's different. Which I don't know if that's if that's for all the riders like this. Um, I know Thomas struggled a little bit when he was there in Supercross. Okay, look, this isn't a this. I was just trying to. I was just doing the math in my head of like time between because I was thinking go back to the truck. Okay, between the heat race and the LCQ, you probably don't have time to go back to the truck. So maybe that's the time he's talking about because I'm sure that otherwise there is time to go back to the truck. I, I don't, I don't know. I've never, to be honest, I've never ever been to a supercross race just to watch. Oh, you would love it. I would definitely love it. I know. I would I'm almost it. in tears. I've been to like 25, and every single one, I'm almost in tears when it starts. <laughs> like the American National Anthem, the flames, the fireworks. Right. I almost went to Monster Cup one year because of the nations that was there, yeah. and then Monster Cup was a week after. Um, but because of my eye, I, I, I oh yeah, of course, couldn't well, make it. Obviously, you were going to go to watch. I was going to go yeah. watch. Yeah. Speaking, two fi- we'll, we'll do a bit of two fifties, but I want to actually talk about this because this is like my number one favorite discussion. So, Thomas said that Supercross was all about the show, and you don't want it to all be all about the show. But I feel like GPS needs more of that show. show. Because I've always said, this is what 100%, if, if Luongo ever rings me and says, Lewis, you're in charge. First thing I do is I'm going to pay for my own flights out of a GP budget. 
That's my first thing. Second thing, before the motos or before warm-up or before somewhere on Sunday morning, I am getting the top five in 450 points. I am getting them to wheelie onto the start straight, do something like that, mm-hmm. lining them up and interviewing them on the on the old uh, tannoy about like just get, building the hype, like play the national anthem of each country. Do I feel like there's more, I feel like there's room to make because GPs like you go to you go into MX2 Moto One and it's kind of like well, it's time for the motos like that's kind of just it. Whereas I feel like there could be more like you hear this stuff like there's stuff that happens that makes you go oh we're getting closer like the motos are coming like I feel like it needs some of that. Yeah, I've to be honest, I've never thought about it like this. I, I have a lot. You have a lot more time to think about these things. I don't know maybe. what you're trying to say. <laughs> My but, life is just as busy as a professional athlete's. <laughs> but um, it's it's true what you say like. The hype around Supercross is a lot more than the hype around MXGP. And I don't know if that's because of there's more media, there's more press. Um, but I, I but mean, even like aside from that, I just think at the races, you can do some more like, like even on TV, I was having this discussion last night because did you see before the 450 main event, they did the little rocks and web feature where like they interviewed them both about rivalry. And I think they, I think they basically asked them both like if they are actually rivals or something. And it was that, it was interesting. It kind of got my, like, like the hair stood up on my arm and stuff because I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, like it kind of got me ready for the main event a bit yes. more than I was. I agree that, that in MXGP, they need to put on more of a show for the for the public. Yeah, like, in MX, like, let's because ditch. Every, but everyone is so close in MXGP. Everyone just does their own thing. And it's like... Well, I'm trying to change that. But Yeah, you're doing well with... with look, here you are doing a podcast about Supercross. Yeah. Imagine this five years ago. Wouldn't ever happen. But... Like in GPs, we need to, we need to ditch. Like, okay, uh, Geyser and Hurlins are tied for the world title, uh, tied in the points. There's one moto to go. The, the gates drop in ten minutes. Here's the Marchetti KTM team report. Like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. we don't like. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, we've done team. Like, ever since from the very first moment I remember watching GPs, we've done those team reports, and I feel like we've kind of squeezed the life out of them a little bit i think it's it's like routine now yeah well i think it's also in the team's con because obviously the teams like have to sign up to be an officially approved team so i think that's part of like what you get in return yeah yeah it's like a routine every year like a lot of my friends say that when they watch mxgp it's not that exciting it's just i don't know Maybe it's a racing. Maybe it's how they present it. I don't it. think it's. A, I think. I think it's how they mm. present it because the racing is pretty exciting. But like even, like in Supercross, you you know the guy in eleventh place or seventh place. You know how they're doing in the race. But in MXGP, if you watch a race, it's mostly all, always the top guys. Like, like if I I had a good race in Montevo, I finished fifth. I didn't get shown once. Uh, were you were you shown once on TV all year? I wasn't shown once on TV. But like that is a, that is the ultimate. Even like if anything, finishing fifth. Like that's a pretty good, pretty good oh, result yeah. for me, and I wasn't shown once. But like, not even, not even because of the result. You should have been. They should have been doing stuff on you because uh, this is Calvin. He was screwed over for a factory ride. He should, he should be on a factory level team. He deserves that. But here he is trying to build his way back to that. Uh, he's riding with a torn ACL, so he's dealing with that. What do riders have to go through to deal with something like that? Like, there's so many things that would make people like not only make people interested watching it, but also like make people cheer for you and. Like that would make you more valuable rather than the team report where you sit in front of your bike. Cause I can even picture what your team report will look like this year. You'll be sat in front of your bike and you'll go, yeah, uh, 
I really like the team. The off-season was good. I'm excited to go racing. I just want to be top five. I'd like to be on the podium. And then they'll have a couple of shots of your bike. There'll be a number plate. Then there'll be a couple of shots of you doing turns from the round before. And then the gates will drop. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like we could do more showy, like, showy stuff. Like, um, more behind the scenes. Like now, going, going into the first round this year, um, let's do a sophomore update. Sterry, Evans, you. Let's do a Visa Free Riders. Um, Sterry left his team halfway through the year, so he's dealing with that. Mitch was balls fast, but had injuries, so he's dealing with that. And Calvin wasn't even really healthy at all last year, so let, he's like now also entering kind of his rookie year like that's an interesting I agree. thing i agree there's a lot more they can do a lot more behind the scenes things and like make lewis president oh i, I would do i would lo- honestly i'd love to get my hands on this i think you'd do super well i would love to get my hands on this because i've got i could i've got ideas just you'd, put me in a lewis, meeting lewis phillips for for president mhdb president i've got ideas i just feel like we i just feel like stuff like that would and it, look okay i'm now piling on a little bit but the interviews on the start line I, again, I, I know what the question's going to be. Like, how are you feeling? Like, and I, you know what the answer's going to be exactly. as well. Find you half an hour. Go to your camper. Half an hour. Like, I also, like, also, I think we can do more of kind of a pre-pre-show. Like, half an hour before. Like, But do you think it's the riders that also need, need to be a little bit more open and, but I feel like, and put on the show a little bit more? Because uh, Jeffrey can also post something on Instagram and, uh, and put on a show. I feel like if... I feel like if... MXGP says we're doing now before the 30 minutes before the first MX2 motor, we're doing a pre-show where um, we just are walking around the pits, you know, like they do on the F1 grid. Like I, the only reason I watch F1 is to see this stuff because I, I just find it interesting to see how other sports like show their sport. Um, like I feel like if MXGP said they would do that, then KTM would make Jeffrey available. They would like all the teams would make yeah. their riders be available for that because they kind of have no choice. True. But also, if Jeffrey, Caroli, Prado, Geyser, or if none of those are available, go and find me. Lupino. Yeah. Like, but make it interesting. But Don't just say, how are you feeling? Each rider has different lives and each rider is is interesting in their own ways. Like like I saw in a preview show in Supercross, they were showing how Ken with his baby, yeah. how his life is at the moment. Like, that's interesting. It's also cool to see. Yeah, and it makes you like like the person. Yes. So then, okay, because I don't I, really care about his results. I just like the person, so I want to see him do well. Exactly. And it's a little bit, I mean, everyone is a, a normal person before they are a motocross rider, you know? Yeah. And everyone has a normal life outside of motocross. Some people are a little bit more serious than others. Um, but that's also cool to see what they, how they are as a person outside of motocross. I think that's also what people don't see in MXGP. That's what, whenever I go to America... Like, whenever I go to America, people talk to me as if I'm, like, the spokesperson for GPs. Because, obviously, I'm coming out of this world and entering their world, which not many people do. Um, especially not, like, just to generally talk to. And a lot of people say to me that the post-race podcast, which this is actually a fly racing post-race podcast, technically. I mean, it's not really, but it, it counts. I didn't know how to do I didn't know what to put this podcast under. So that's what I decided. Um, they say that those podcasts where, like, you are being yourself and talking about, okay, talking about your results, but also having a laugh and like maybe swearing a little bit, but just being naturally you makes them more interested in MXGP because it's kind of like infectious. Like people in America have said that, that it's kind of opened their eyes to GPs more because now they know more than just watching it on TV to see if Jeffrey's going to win. 
I mean, but I think, but that's not that's not pat on the back for me. That's let's do more of this. Let's everyone, let's all do more of this. Yeah, I know, but like sometimes I also want to be honest and open about some more things, but I can't because I'll get in trouble. No, there's and some I, questions I could ask you right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and I want I'm I'm an open person. Um, like if you look at the Formula One series, if everyone was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm feeling good, feeling ready. My 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 car is amazing. I'm gonna have a good good race this weekend. It's gonna be boring to watch. Well, but everyone is talking about about the budget, about uh, what this car has, what this car doesn't have. You know, the riders are complaining. It's it's cool to see. And like in MXGP, if if I was complaining, I would get some. Oh, it was straight away. I would get some some troubles with my team or or you know the suspension guy or you know what I mean. So it's just. MXGP, I like what you're doing with it. I think it's not you are it's not progressed enough. Basically, it's still old school. Yeah, I guess that's what you put it as. Because in in America, like I know I know all about the air shock and the the perks, the disadvantages, just on what Cooper's been saying publicly. Whereas I feel like if that was reversed and uh, Hurlings or Prado or a Austrian uh, manufacturer rider was using that in GPs last year, I feel like you wouldn't have heard anything about it because it would have been. Don't talk about that. Well, like Bog, I heard Brian was riding. Oh, he had it in Trentino, didn't he? He had the air shock, and he was riding a factory bike, like quite a few rounds, and no one even knew about no, it. No, I had found out about that at Lommel, I think, and I'd imagine he had it before then, even. And like, if it if it was some if it, if Max got like if there was a, say a factory Suzuki yeah. team and he got a factory bike, everyone would know about it. Yeah, because that's that's a, like that's like it's kept secret in GPs, like it's almost a bad thing, where it's like. No, like it, every everything is a story, and if everything, yes. everything, if you're scared of something, everything can be um, twisted in a positive way. Like, oh, uh, my suspension shit. The suspension guy's pissed off. Everyone's pissed off. But oh no, next week when I talk about how we did a hard week of testing and now everything's coming good, mm-hmm. that's good publicity for the suspension guy. Like, but no one can see further than that. Like, no one can see further than what's happening right now. And I think that's that's in every sport. Like everyone has good and bad days. Every team has good and bad days. But in MXGP, you don't ever see those bad days. You only hear about the good days. You don't ever hear about the bad days. And that's something that's also missing is that, you know, there's not many riders complain because they'll get in trouble or, or this and that. And I think also the teams that everything everything's, oh, everything's great here. Everything's great. You know, the riders are feeling good. Bikes are good. Whereas that's a lie. <laughs> Everyone's feeling shit. Some, sometimes you're close to firing that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And oh. you know, like, I mean, for me, when, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, what, what more can I say it's just, about it? It's yeah, it's. I think it's just like the now. I wanted to say something, to but change. I'm not going to say it. Well, I, 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 to be honest, I've been shitting myself for the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's just a mentality. Like, there's so many times when I've gone up to riders after a race and like wanted to interview them, and they're like, "Why do you want to interview me? I did shit." And it's like, no, like it doesn't matter that you did shit. That's that's more interesting than talking to Herlins about going one-one because he got the whole shot. He led every lap. Like, I'd much rather hear about how you went from fourteenth to sixth. Uh, and like the changes you made to do that and all the, like the lines you found to make the, passes and like yeah. that's the interesting thing but it's like I think the riders are so like almost down on themselves if they do bad but they kind of can't see that still doing like I'm so oh, I'm still doing well and people are still interested yeah. I, we are I'm going to change the world 
I hope so. I don't know. I don't think I have the ability to do that. I'm just going to sit here and continue to do I podcasts. I feel like MXGP needs to step up the game, like you say, with, with putting on more of a show. I think this is going to, you know, also interviewing the team managers. Yeah. Like, like in Formula One, the team managers have a big role in, in this because, you know, they are in charge of the team. They they overlook everything what's going on. They know all the bad things that are happening. They know the good things that are happening, but they don't speak like MXGP. They don't speak about the bad things. In a Formula One, they do. Yeah. They say, oh, we're not happy with this rider or, you know, this rider is not going to get a seat next year because he's performing like crap, you know? Yeah, like if like even you could even, okay, if you, like you could still do the team reports, but they could change it in a way of like, um, like, okay, interview you about your season, interview your team manager about you, interview um, Garibaldi about how, whether he thought you would do well with this well in MXGP or whether he saw your career going this, like, oh, he's exceeding my expectations. Oh, I always knew he'd be a good 450 rider. Interview me, interview Adam Wheeler, like mm-hmm. make it so that every, you've got five different people talking in different ways about this rider because then it gets people thinking and they're like, oh, it's interesting that he thinks that about him, but he thinks that, like, it just makes it so that people more want to buy into the rider because they're being forced to think about him more. Yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down. That's just coming down to MXGP and the questions they ask and the what they show on their social media. And they have a big following, like more than one million followers. Yeah, and I think they can grow that if they if they work on it. Yeah, because MXGP is huge, really. Yeah. It's it's the biggest. Well, f- for for me, I look at MXGP as the biggest, the fastest riders in the world. It is the best and fastest riders in the world. MXGP. That's just how it is. That's fact. And it is like. And I think it does get that respect. So now, so okay, so the hardest thing forever was getting people to understand that and then getting the respect for that. I feel like those two things are done now, uh, mainly because of the nations, but also just because with social media and things, people have seen more, like they see random training clips of hurlings at Lomo and they're like, oh, that's quite impressive. But okay, so we've done those, those two steps are done. Tick, tick, tick. Now, we need to double down on that further and be like, okay, so the riders have the respect for being great. Now we need to make it so the riders have respect for just being themselves, which is a shit way of putting it. Mm-hmm. But we just like, like you could, okay, you've got the respect. That's the hardest thing. It could now taking it further than that is actually quite easy. It just needs to be like eked out a little bit. And some things, some things sound shit. Like going and filming you, cooking dinner it sounds like a shit idea when you say it out loud but actually that can turn into quite a nice like little calvin spotlight that makes people like just buy into you as a person again yeah but like am i allowed to speak on what you guys are doing or not um are you gonna what wait what am i doing oh the video yeah yeah like the whole series yeah yeah yeah, i announced it this week mxgp mxgp what's the name of it um Mm. mxgp against all odds may the 28th Episode one, get excited. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, against all odds, that's, yeah, a, that's the name of it. I think so. Okay. I wanted I, a different name. I'm excited for this because this is something that the, the sport needs. And I've already told, like your interview in it was like different. Like in the past, we have done good, like when we talked about the South African flag and stuff like that, that was, that was a big step for like, um, like, I don't feel like you'd ever been interviewed in that way of, like, mm-hmm. honesty and that. And truthfully, I even remember now, I was getting messages and I was getting, I was seeing comments of people saying, like, oh, this Calvin guy seems all right, so it works. Um, but, so we've done good interviews before, but your interview for that is another, like, 
I, I didn't think you would say half the things you said. But that's just, yeah, I'm just saying. Someone's got to do it I'm first. stating facts. And, you know, some of the things, I might get in trouble for some of the things, but I'm just being honest. And if I'm going to be honest and, and ruin my reputation, sometimes, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, like, before you, you show it, you, you send it out or you, before you release it, I'm going to ask to see it because I don't want to ruin my reputation for being honest. Yeah. But that's just how it is these days. It's like, this is what I want to change. I want other people to be more open. I want other people to have a bad day, to say some things that, that's on their mind, but they can't speak about because they're going to get in, in trouble, you know? And yeah, I, I, I don't want to, I obviously, obviously want to change the sport, but I want to be... You know, I'm one of the riders that wants to be more open and, and speak about these things. And, you know, if I had a bad day, I'm going to tell you I had a bad day and why I had a bad day. And that why shouldn't be a problem, you know, for the team or some, something like that. No, because it's not like, obviously, it's never really anyone's fault. So it's not like you would ever put all the blame on one person. No, that's exactly so it. So no I'm, one should take it personally. No, no, that's, but everyone does take yeah. it personally. Well, like, bloody hell, I say some things or I say some things or write some things sometimes. And it's like I've just shit on someone's doorstep, and I'm well. That's why MX Vice does so well because they're honest. But then people are, people have... get so offended, and I'm like, that isn't even bad. Like, and I, I like will say to them on the phone, like, like, like for instance, Yago Gertz is peeling potatoes on Instagram. That's just a fact. Like, no one can get mad at me for commenting on that because, like. It, uh, it's I, like I got in trouble last time I spoke about it, so I'm scared now. And yeah. uh, now I'm like the riders, I'm scared. But exactly, exactly. Like I, like I said, I want to be more honest and want to speak about these. I want to tell you what I think about Yago kids posting. I I was potatoes, at a track. I was at a track with Yago on Thursday, and I very almost put a photo of him riding on my Twitter with a caption. What did I have written out? Oh, this rider looks fast. I wonder if he peels his own potatoes. But I stopped myself because I was like, I need to, I'm just going to get shouted at again. And so it's just, but, it's, but that is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it, but no it, one wants it, it. No one, no one really wants it. And that's, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to change. It's going to be tough, uh, tough to change. But everyone has their opinion. And at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. Like if I say something that's that I'm honest about, I'm not. You know, people shouldn't take offense to that or take it personally or something like that. It's just what I think, and sometimes I get in trouble because I say things that I'm honest about, but I actually shouldn't say it because it should be kept secret or things like that. Which which I think is is actually rubbish because at the end of the day, like I said, we are normal people. We should be honest and we should have our own opinions about things. Like I think there are people who would have preferred it if you didn't talk about the South African flag thing in 2019. But had you not talked about it and kind of played the safe game, people would have been looking at the flag above you on the podium. South Africans would have been looking at the flag above you on the podium and been like, what, like what's he, why, is he, why is he ditched the South African flag? So you won't, by not talking about this stuff, you only do yourself a like a disservice. Like when you told me that you were riding with a torn ACL last year, immediately then everything I wrote and said was like, oh my God, he's riding with a torn ACL. Like suddenly this fifth at Mantova is so much more impressive. Whereas if you'd kept that a secret the whole time, no one would ever know. And right now it'd probably be like, yeah, Calvin did okay last year, but like probably could have done better. Exactly. I mean, many people don't see the behind the scenes, which what we need more of, you know? And that's, 
I feel like MXGP needs to do a little bit better job than because they they could have been filming me. Ah, he has a torn ACL and let everyone know he's he done well with a torn ACL. Many riders would have been like, ah, oh, my my ACL is torn. I'm gonna have surgery and be out for the rest of the season. But some riders be like, like okay, you know, it is what it is. Suck it up. I was honestly every day taking painkillers. Every I couldn't train during the week. I was icing the knee. It was like that's just how I, what I was doing, and I had to do that because I wanted to do well to get a good ride for the year after. But many people don't see that. It's behind the scenes, and it, and it's almost like if you talk about it, you are like, like there's this weird. Even I'd say in America, there's this weird, like um, there's this weird like notion that. If you talk, if you're riding with a torn ACL, but you point that out, well, you're making excuses. Exactly, everyone thinks you're making. But it's excuses. like, well, how is it an excuse if it's like that's everyone knows what a torn ACL is? If you said, if you said that my pinky is yeah, sore. you sprained your thumb, then okay, fair enough. Yeah, but like, that's also something like thumbs are. If you're trying to ride with a sprained thumb, that's damn painful. But like, and people don't don't get it. Like they just don't get it. Like if you've had a torn ACL and you've been riding with a torn ACL, then you understand what pain you go through and and how it is to go in deep ruts and have to put your leg out whereas like for you instance for you like okay he has a torn acl he's riding with that but you don't really understand it no no i'm, I'm dumb thanks thanks for putting that out no but i'm no, not sorry. i'm not meaning it like that but uh, <laughs> i'm saying like yeah people think you're just making excuse yeah. where it is not like that yeah, like the only yeah, the only way that I can find out about it is through secondhand information of like asking what it's like, but still you never know what that actually. And as a rider, you don't want to be the guy who's just making the excuses because you're riding bad. But then even so, you can like you can go further with that and um, like oh, Calvin's riding with a torn ACL. Uh, Joel Smets is in the pits and he rode with a torn ACL in 2002. Joel Calvin's doing that at the moment. Like there's mm. way there's just ways to build this like. There's just ways to build the stories, I think. And like even that, I could probably do a better job at all of this as well. And hopefully I am this year with the plans. But I just think that I just think that, that would help big time. And I think that I just think it would. And it would definitely help. But I do think MXGP are doing a good job because I, I, I think it's impressive how far it's come. I just think the little tweaks now, like because they are just little tweaks that really I, f- I mean just feel nothing like, in the grand scheme of things. I feel like they're growing, each year getting better and better with, with social media and learning this, you know, learning this side of it. But I feel like they're just one step behind. Yes, yeah, like one step behind MX Vice. One step behind Oh you god. Know? Oh god, I can't believe you just said that. That's, but it's true. I am gonna get snipered. I, I just feel like it's it's that's just I'm just, there's a is. window right in front of me and I'm expecting the <laughs> chopper to just lower down and no, start machine gunning through the window. No, it's like the videos that, that that you the edits that 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 Sean does. Like, I feel like MX yeah, like MX that, GP, that changed GPs a little bit. Yeah, MX GPs should, should have someone doing this as well. That ch- I I genuinely think that changed GPs because suddenly GP riders were shown in videos in a cool way that only American riders have been shown as. So then you're like, oh, well that that was a cool video, and in that video was random rider yes i liked that video of random rider oh I, like he has, a, he has a cool style yeah. whereas you wouldn't ever see this like they were like um, the video we posted of hurlins at the weekend like some of the slow-mo stuff you can properly see like in that video we posted of hurlins in a weekend he was in the middle of a moto and he high-fived a fan in the middle of the air that's the type of stuff that people in america people in europe people see that one second thing mm. and they're like oh he's cool and then that just from there you can step 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 step. There's like different ways to go from there. Yeah. Um. Um. 
we are so far from Supercross right now. <laughs> I don't even, I can't, I don't, I can't even see the Supercross. We're so far from it. Um, but but it's a good, a good I think topic. People, that yeah, because we... I, I, I normally shout about this. The only time I ever get to shout about this is with James, and James just stares at me like I'm, like, just with like I've just rocks his world. Like I think it's good to hear a ride, like uh, hear a rider's view of, because this isn't about the track conditions. This isn't about the way the series is run. This isn't about the skybox. This isn't about the prize money. This is about something so much smaller, but also something that's so much smaller in the grand scheme of things, but also something that needs to be done to make it so much bigger. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I feel like MXGP has the power to, to make motocross or make MXGP more popular and to make, to, to, to get bigger sponsors involved. And that, you know, that will also bring the people to watch, more people to watch. Uh, they will also get more money, but I guess it's, yeah. They, they have the following, they have the power, they just need to- Use it the right way. Use because they right are trying, re- like they are trying with social media. No, they're they doing are. different they, stuff. They're but not it's just maybe bad. a bit misdirected into the sort of like, I'd, I, would, I would say it's more directed towards the 40 to 50 year old fan rather than the, 16 to 29 year old fan oh that's what i'd probably that's probably the best way i'd put it if i if i look at i mean all the best sports like the masters at the moment the golf that's going on like if you follow their their instagram page like it's so professional the 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 photography is so good the edits that they do is so good it's cool to watch if i follow like supercross live instagram or facebook you know like it's all interesting. It's all super interesting. And the quality, the professionalism is, you can see that they're really professional at, at their job and they, they know what they're doing. Whereas MXGP, not to say that they're not professional, they're doing a good job, but I feel like they're just, like I said, one step behind. It's, yeah, it's just- And it's difficult to change this. I think it's also the European mentality. Like, obviously, I think maybe we, English is both of our first languages. So I think we maybe see it a bit differently because of that. And I don't, that makes even I know that kind of makes no sense, but I feel like if your English is your first language, then you see the you're kind of more onto the American way of thinking, which is maybe more forward thinking with the social media and sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, more show. Whereas I think if English isn't your first language, obviously social media is kind of less for you in a way because obviously most of the stuff is in English. So maybe you don't quite. I don't know. I'm really I don't really know where I'm going with this. I mean, I see where you're going with like, this. If you're if if you don't speak very good English, and Italian or Dutch or German is kind of your predominant thing, then you probably look at Formula One social media and you're like, well, this is shit because this I don't really get. I like you can see it and you understand it, but you don't get the appeal or the like wow factor of it that maybe you do if English is your first language. Um, I, I just, understand what you mean. I I, I, mean, I, I you, understand what I mean. I just didn't mean it. Yeah, but didn't like say it very well. You're saying that like English people are running Formula One in social media or? Well, just like, I don't really know. I don't really know how to explain it. Hence why I did just, a, just did such a terrible job. Um, like, I just think, obviously if we, like if we, if someone posts now a really good English social media post, we can understand it fully and get the full impact of it because it's our first language. Whereas if you showed it to your team, who yeah. are Dutch or whatever, okay. like you would be like, wow, look at this. And they would be like, 
oh yeah that okay like don't really understand it in the same way that you do okay i understand yeah i, I get, think that's I what i was trying to get i get what you mean I get but, what you mean it's it's true but i mean english is english is number one language in the world like everyone should speak english yeah, true. i guess that's not really a re like a i don't i guess that's not i guess that's kind of, like even saying that is quite an old-fashioned like way of thinking even by me see we all make mistakes <laughs> it's fine it's fine everyone um I'm trying to think. I, I, that that was very interesting. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to say on that, or if we should go to two fifties. Oh, maybe we go two fifties. I mean, we've we've covered we've covered a lot. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. What, of... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm open to. If anyone, this was just constructive debate. So if anyone wants to talk to me about my opinion more, I'm more than happy to. Um, He's also more than happy if someone from MXGP calls him for some. I I will happily do some free work to free to, uh, half I'd, price I'd, work. I don't think you do free work. <laughs> half no no like if if someone wanted my ideas, I'd give my ideas for free. I like yeah. I'm just a team player. Everyone knows this. I'm such a nice guy. Sometimes I sometimes I amaze myself at my niceness. But do you think do you think MXGP are happy with with like their social media and things? Do you think they want to grow it, or you think they're just no, I think they want to grow it because it is growing. But I think, and I think, I just think that. Or do you think they're like, okay, we're doing well. Let's continue what we're doing. Or yeah, that, that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they think they're doing well. So let's continue with what we're doing. Yeah, they're not trying to step it up. Yeah, and like I say, they are doing. Yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah. Like, but like I've, I, we had this discussion the other day. Like this year for GPs, MX Vice has a lot of different new stuff coming uh social media stuff graphic stuff uh video stuff uh podcasts like this we're doing now like different stuff like that and the reason we took the decision to do that is because i kind of felt like okay i need like i need to now make another step up in a big way like i just felt like it was time now to like like okay uh introducing the post-race podcast was sponsored by fly racing was um like a big step like that was that was huge for me to yes. even do, but now that's kind of settled. Now that's like in that's part of MXGP. Mm -hmm. So now I need to go. Now I need to find the next step up. Like I wanted what I'm trying. One of my things that I want to do this year. Like we've got lots of things. We've got probably six or seven things that are planned and ready to go. Just need a race. Um, one of the things I'm still trying to do that is really hard for me because it's just not the type of person or not something I'm good at is I need to do YouTube. Like, have you seen the Weed Show that Racer X do? You must have. Where he walks around with a little yes. webcam. Yeah. Yes, like, after the race. Yeah. yeah. Like, I need to do something like that yeah. or talk to my laptop or, like, yes. I need to do something like that. But being on, I can, like, even getting to the point where I could talk on a podcast was hard for me. But I have got there-ish. Like, I'm still a bit rusty. Like, I'm sure the <laughs> intro to this podcast was an absolute car crash. Um, <laughs> but going on camera is another like huge step for me but i'm so i'm trying to figure out how i do that but you shouldn't care what people think oh i care what people think uh, everyone does oh i but, very much care what people but think. you shouldn't and and like i think that will do really well you know if that, you walk that is the, the next thing that i need to do because that will then like that uh, like that will do more for because then like if i don't even know if i do it in that way or if i'd like sit and stare at the webcam in my laptop you can, and, always, like, you can always call me to ask for help if you if you need the rider Oh, well, this is the lines. thing. Like, if I'm walking, if I'm walking along, and I randomly bump into you, and then on camera we have a casual chat rather than an interview chat. Yes. That again 
grows like everything. Yeah. Like that's what that's what I need to do. But I just go. That's like one of my. That's why I think I it's a really good idea. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me that, which yeah. puts more pressure on me to do it. But I just I, that's very far out of my comfort zone. I've never done a You'll school. Get used to it. I've never it's done a school play in my honest, life. I want to start vlogging. I want to vlog like behind the scenes. Yeah, and it, but it just feels unnatural. Like, because not many people see behind the scenes of a MXGP rider, you know, yeah. what they do during the race, during the day. I think that's quite cool for people to see. But it's also like holding a camera, like, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? But I shouldn't care what people are going to think or say. Yeah, I was even thinking of that. I was even thinking of that as in, like, I even, like, for some reason last night I saw something and I was like, well, what if I vlogged? But, like, so like going into the KTM morning, going into Husqvarna morning, like just a weekend's like of just me generally going around doing like just going places that people can't otherwise go. But again, it just, I, I thought of it and I was like, well, that sounds a bit shit. <laughs> to be honest with you, like these days, like I think the more content that you can create, the better for your, the better for your, you know, your brand. Yeah. So like for me, if I would start vlogging, like, I watch Tommy Searle's vlogs, like they're super good. They're funny. Oh, yeah. They, you know, Max Ancy, his vlogs are doing well. They're different. Yeah, <laughs> different. But, you know, it's cool. But it shows his real personality. It's cool. it's cool to see that side, you know, that side of him and that side of Supercross and things like that. And, you know, no one's doing it in MXGP. No, there aren't, are there? There's not Guarda one Guarda does it. But again, his is, his are just in Italian. So it like, like I don't share his on MX Vice because I'm like, well, I'm watching these and I don't really get it because it's in Italian. So I, like, but like I've also like I don't want to be focused on the weekend. Be like, oh, I need to get this on the camera. Yeah, I need, yeah. you know, I want to be focused on my race. And yeah, that's you need someone really doing to do it. For, it. Yeah, doing it for me. But that's also something I need to think about. But like, that's that's where G that's where it's quite good in GPS because like if you were in America right now and you started vlogging, everyone would roll their eyes and be like, oh. Another one. Another one. If you do it in GPs, you'll be the first and everyone will think you're absolutely the most incredible person ever. Yeah. I want to do it properly though. I don't want to be like an amateur. Yeah, that's the thing. Vlogs have gotten to the point now where like at first they were all quite like shaky, but it was just good. But now for, for whatever reason, like Alex Martin's vlogs, people like that have kind of raised the game of yes. quality where now the shitly done vlogs stand out much more than they used to. But yeah. even even this, like, like we haven't talked about your career at all, or your races, or even how like that you got back on a bike this week. But people hearing you talk about something other than you will, I think that will is what will make people like then cheer for you when GPs eventually start if they do, because maybe, that's what maybe people I want. don't know. Maybe just people listen to it like what what's this dickhead? Well, I'd about? imagine at this point people are wondering why the hell. I'm so angry about something <laughs> so ridiculous and where the Supercross talk has gone. <laughs> um, you want to get back to Yeah, I, I like that. I, I genuinely like that discussion because I think there's a lot of like ways you can go with it and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, there was a Supercross last night. I'm not sure if anyone remembers at this point. <laughs> but um, 250s, Nate Thrasher won, obviously first win. Uh, I think where did that come from? I think his first best result before now was a ninth or something. Actually, I've got the point. Yeah, it was a ninth. I heard that last night. Yeah, so to be honest, well, speaking of TV, did your stream do the weird like yeah. backflips? And yes. like, yeah, so I feel I, like I don't understand what happened in that race because I missed. Uh, I feel like I missed a lot of it. I thought someone hacked the system and was like playing because they were just showing the crashes, like going but back like, and then going forward and then going back. But yeah, that was a mistake from them, I guess. It actually entertained me quite a lot, to be fair. But I also, when they eventually got back to the racing, I felt so like, 
disorientated with what the hell was actually going on that I I felt like I'd lost. I felt like it took me a while to get my head around like, wait, so Nate Thrasher's leading. Okay, so where's McAdoo? Okay, like it just took, it just confused me quite a lot. But um, you say you speak to Swanepoel a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot, but if okay, I, ish. Ish. If I need something, then I run it through. Well, Nate Thrasher's one of his guys. Yes. So have you heard anything about Nate Thrasher at all in your life? Never. Okay, that's good. That's good. Never before this year. I've never heard the name Thrasher. Well, no, like I said, um, as he was riding to the podium, I said, I don't even know what he looks like with his helmet off. Like, I've just never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that but there's did... a reason. There's a reason why he's in that team. And I guess in the beginning of the season, it didn't show it. But now it proves why he's there. Yeah, like, well, and not only is he in that team, there was a bit of a bidding war for him. So he's obviously, like, got this talent and got this potential. It's just taken... It was a rough start to the season. Like, him and Jarrett Fry were, mm. like, maybe the roughest start to a Supercross career I've seen off as a factory fact- rider. As a factory yeah, rider. In a while. And actually, I think um, I think Fry... I don't even know where he was. Like, did he, I don't think he qualified. No. He didn't race last night. No, he, no, he just didn't qualify, I don't think. He didn't qualify. I swear I saw him in the LCQ. Um, I don't have anything like that in front of me. I swear I saw him in the LCQ, though. I've got the Supercross app. Let me have a little look. I swear I saw him in the LCQ because I fought to myself. But I saw like, I saw Thrasher getting better each week. Like I put him in my in my in my fantasy team. Wait, what fantasy did you play? Uh, Pulp MX One. Oh, you actually play it? Yeah. Oh well, I'm doing well. Oh, but so am I. What are you in the overall? Well, well, let's go off again. Um. Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're not beating me. Oh, 100. I am. Oh, I'm doing really well. Yeah, same. Especially, I I was doing really well, and then the three round, like the Arlington rounds, were terrible for Over, me. Overall, Essex series rank. What do you What do you think? I don't. I don't really want to say mine first because twenty three. Oh, for fuck's sake, eighty ninth. Eighty nine. That's not bad. Exactly. That's what I mean. There was a very low chance of you at three thousand fifty. Oh, you've actually got quite a lot more points. Three thousand fifty three well. points. See, that's why I didn't think you'd be beating me because there was only eighty eight opportunities for you to be ahead of me. <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How many points did you get last night? Uh, 243. 262, I got. Damn it. Reach a little bit. How? I thought my team was good as well. Well, I had Max, and we, so that kind of hurt. But it's, it's this, like something like this is, is fun to play. Yeah, see, this is, what, this is what the problem that I've had now is like, because obviously MX Vice has a fantasy game. Truthfully, uh, should I say that? No, proof that I am being completely honest with everything. Truthfully, I don't really like MXY's fantasy game because it's just simple. It's too simple. Like it's not, it's too just simple in my mind. So I didn't want to say that, but yeah, no, it is. It's just too, it's yeah. just too simple. I don't want to be that guy, but to be honest with you, I prefer playing the Spulp Invex. Because it makes you properly. Obviously think- I don't, I don't play MX5 because I'm racing myself, but I think I've, I've seen it before and I've, I know my friends play it. Yeah, yeah. This is a and they enjoy this one a lot more because of the handicaps and things like that. This is a problem. Like it, it is too simple, but similar sort of thing, I guess. Like I've tried, like I've sp- I've messaged quite a few people, like fans who I know play it, and said, "What if I brought handicaps into GPs?" And for people on this side of the world, it just blows their minds for the most part. Like they don't understand it. Or what? Well, especially not non-english speaking people it's like talking french to them like that but that's that's the fun part about this this game it's yeah, like that's, i'm picking guys like 
like Alex Ray, I'm picking him last night. I'm picking Tyler Bowers. Normally I never would watch them, but like I'm watching the LCQ like because I want to watch and I want to see if Bowers is going to make the main. Yeah, like I had Ryan Sipes normally, and he got the last spot yeah, in the same. 250 LCQ and also, that was all I was watching. I also had Sipes in my team, but that's normally I would just skip past LCQ and not watch it. But like now I have like a group of friends that I watch the race with and it's so exciting because you're watching the guys at the back, you know, qualify and things like that just for this, this game. And that also... It's cool. It brings like a little bit more fun to the to the racing. But like I tried, I set up an MX Vice like private league on Pulp and explained it to everyone in MX Vice, and no one understands. <laughs> like, like, like if I could call James right now, I would. But poor James, I must have <laughs> I must have tried to explain in Pulp the way Pulp works to him like fifteen times, and it's again like I'm talking Chinese. Like literally, like I can just see that there's no, like I can just see in his eyes that I'm saying these words and there's just nothing there. <laughs> when you get the hang of it, I think it's quite easy. Yeah, like, yeah. Like to be fair, when it first came out, I was quite like, okay, I don't really know, like if I get this. But then after ten minutes, I was like, okay, yeah, mm. I get it. Like it's fine. Do you do the um, the first lap? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I live. I don't live my life that risky. Okay. <laughs> I try and stay in my lane. <laughs> I also never do that. Do you do you sign up to the um industry idiots thing? No, what's that? So it's like um the it's like a paid I guess it's run on like a um So if you do well you get prizes. No like th no there's the prizes thing, oh. which is for everyone. But then also um some of the people behind the game like Dan Truman from Get um run like this industry idiots league idiots league, which is run off of a like a I guess it's just a separate betting type website so everyone you can like it's mainly riders and industry people and okay you buy you you buy in for a hundred dollars i think um and then there's like prize money at the end of the year all of the money get like i think it's like something like 58 grand wow um yes yeah, so you buy every, everyone buys in and then the money gets paid back weekly and also end of season um and obviously knowing Mathis, knowing Paul Parabino, uh, knowing Jason Thomas, all of these people, uh, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing, the presenter of this podcast, um, <laughs> um, they were trying to get me into this paid league and I didn't do it because I, because obviously it was meant to be Oman weekend just gone. So I was like, yeah, like I'll be Generally busy. Uh, yeah. Once it gets to Oman, I probably yeah. won't be able to pay that much attention and then like, I'll lose my money. Does Pulpomex have separate guys doing this, doing it or do they do it like... What do you mean? Like who's running this? This There's five people. Five people. It's yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, tech, uh, tech guy Travis Marks, who kind of builds it. Because and I was, then, I was thinking, like, for you guys to do something like this, yeah, you can't do it alone. Oh yeah, I, it's 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 a lot of work. Yeah, like especially it's quite like bad. like in the morning. Sometimes I don't watch the racing because it's so late. The morning I wake up, obviously watch the racing first, and then go to my dashboard on Pulp MX yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> and then the points are already up. Like, who's doing that? Straight it's all away? done automatically. Oh, automatically, okay. Yeah. Like, for, like it's built off of the back of the AMA's like live time right. and stuff. Because if you, oh, I guess last night was probably the first time you've watched Supercross live, but uh, on if their you, website they've you, got live timing yes. and your points update every yes. lap, which yeah. is also like something better. But no, there's four. There's the tech guy who like makes it, and then um, it's Mathis, uh, Jason Thomas from Fly, Paul Parabinos from Rentful, and then Dan Truman from Get. Um, but yeah, no, I, like, I mean, there's a lot of people who play this game. Yeah, like I'm trying to, I've been trying to find the, like I, I like fully, M, like MX Vice one is just too simple. I find, I just, it doesn't like get my brain working enough for me. Um, but also I can understand that if you don't speak, like, cause on the MX Vice one, we have a lot of Dutch and Italian and Spanish, like it's actually very few English people. 
Um, and I can understand that from them, that would be ridiculously hard. But, um, but I'm pretty sure there's more European people playing this game than the MX Vice one. Exactly. But I've been so I've been trying, but I've been trying to find like a middle ground between the two, where like it's going that way of complex, but it's still not quite there, where it's hard enough for people mm. like us, but easy enough to understand yes. for people who just want to play. But it's basically I've been thinking about that for five months, and it's basically made me want to throw myself off the balcony there from the tenth floor of this hotel. Well, why don't you just copy this one? I don't think that's the way to do life. Yeah, okay, but if this does <laughs> I well- think that, I don't think that's actually legal. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the guys, so you can, well, it's not like copying ex exactly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good concept and I think it's doing well. Yeah, it need, I, and it's exciting to watch the guys at the back of the race. You could like Jan Pankar would be like, but that's, that is all, okay. Would but, have a pretty good handicap. But this is also the problem. Like Tyler Bowers is still a known, like everyone knows Tyler Bowers. The, the equivalent of Tyler Bowers in GPs is Jan Pankar or Falotti, who for the most part, no one knows about, which again, it goes back to what we were saying before. So yeah. then I think that makes it more complicated in itself as well. Yeah, but it just gives like, you're watching other riders also, you're not just watching the top three guys. Yeah, true. Yeah, you, you, you do that and then you learn to you learn about the people off of the back of that exactly. rather than the other way of knowing about exactly. them Exactly, like, lo do you know Logan Connor? I've yeah, never yeah. heard of this guy before, but he was in my team a few weeks because he had a good handicap. I was rooting for this guy to make the main every time. And now you see week. his name in the and results now, and you're like- Now I follow him on Instagram and <laughs> I know what he's doing. You know, like- This goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about GP riders um, being very into Supercross. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine an American rider picking jam pack? Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb is sat uh, in his yeah, hotel just, at Unadilla picking jam pack car because well, he's got a good handicap. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. <laughs> I just love the sport. I, <laughs> I just love the sport. I love watching, even if I'm not, if I'm injured or whatever, I also just watch, watch motocross, watch MXGP. It's tough to watch because I know I should be there and doing well, but I just love the sport. Um, so, you have to play golf at some point very soon, so we should probably speed this up. Yeah, we still have another hour. It's all right. I didn't think I didn't think this would um I didn't think there'd be so much to talk about, but here we are uh, yelling have, about everything. I got a little note notebook with me, notepad. Well, is there anything I've, you would like? Is I've, there anything? No, you... it's just it's just pretty much what just happened this season. It was pretty, supposed to be a Supercross podcast. <laughs> right? I don't know what's happened. I really so I, just don't... Wrote, I just wrote Supercross things down. That um. Like that conversation about MXGP will actually did start with the Supercross television show. So I just, it went a bit sideways. It wasn't good. meant to, we weren't meant to. We added a bit of MXGP in there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, well, that's stuff that no one's ever talked about rider wise. So people will care. Um, 250 West title, uh, Cooper McAdoo or Lawrence. I don't know why you're having to think about this so much. Because, because you, because the rider who you think will win isn't the one you want to win. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like McAdoo is the, the the best guy there. Oh, he's really? Just, he's just making so many mistakes. See, I think that Cooper's the best guy. Well, actually, no, 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 I no, no. I disagree. I I don't think Cooper is the best guy right now. But in my head, ignoring the results, I feel like Cooper should be much better than McAdoo and much better than Hunter Lawrence. But he's just not for some reason. But like, go like after he won the first West round, my first thought was well. He, maybe he's going to sweep every round. Oh, he looked really good that first exactly. round. Like, because I, and I think he is that much better than them on a general basis. He just isn't 
really at the moment for whatever reason. For, for me, the race is like, I feel like McAdoo is the fastest one, but he just looks a little bit, I don't know, not wild, but just making too many mistakes. And that's cost him a lot. I like, like he should be for that reason. He should be leading the championship by quite a few more points than what, you know, he's second at the moment, but he should be leading, I think, if he hadn't made those mistakes that he has. Yeah, like um, last night was another missed opportunity. Missed. Exactly. And then there was a Arlington. Arlington 2 was obviously the big one. Um, Where he went down in the whoops. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you take those two things and give him the points he should have had, he'd be with three rounds to go. He'd actually have a cushion and be kind of in a, not in a must-win situation. But like, I like Cooper as well. I think he's a good rider. And he's, yeah, he's been the uh, fastest qualifier every single round except yesterday. Yeah. So he is, you know, one of the fastest guys there between him and McAdoo. And I think Hunter's, Hunter's coming. Are you surprised at Hunter's... Uh, yes and no. Are you surprised it's happening this early um, in his Supercross career? Because I, I, I guess that's where I would go. I guess that's how I would say I feel about it. Like, okay, if you told me he would be this good eventually, then sure. If did I think he'd win his third race, fourth race, whatever it was? No, not at all. You're right. I actually didn't expect it. Now that you think about it, now, like, I didn't expect it coming into the season. I, I knew he would. You know, I wanted him to do well. I personally wanted him to do well, and I wanted to him to do what he's doing now because I know that he can do well. Um, and it's cool to see him g get his first win and battling now with, I think the first round, like if he had got a whole shot, he would have not put up such a fight as he is now because his confidence is coming and he knows and he believes he can actually win this title. Whereas in the beginning, I think he didn't. Um, so it's, it's cool to see uh, him do well, but I, I still think he's like the third place guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Third place guy now in danger of losing um, spots to Swole, Marchbanks, and uh, Hamaker. Like, but they aren't like, I was surprised when the points flashed up on TV last night. I was surprised how, like, I kind of thought of a bit, thought of it in my head as in those top three had stretched away a little bit. I didn't know Jalik Swole was in fourth in points. No, that is and just the ultimate, like, quiet. I thought Marchbanks was there. It's close, actually, really close. But I think Hunter is definitely the better than those guys. He's one step ahead of Jalik Swole, Hamaker, Marchbanks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But he's just, um, as far as like speed goes, yeah, just more outright. But he looks so much more in control than McAdoo, or you know, he just his technique is so good, and he just he doesn't really make mistakes. Um. Uh, well, yeah, what we talked about earlier, Jarrett Fry did race. He just didn't qualify. Oh wow. Well, I can find him on the heat race results. He was 18th in heat two, but. I can't find him in the LCQ results. So maybe he got hurt in the heat or something. I do not know. I probably have an email from Yamaha about it, but I, can't, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Um, but no. I think the rookies have done well this year. Like Hamaker, I've also never really heard of him before. Um, Robertson, never really heard of him before. He's done really well. Um, I found Mitchell Harrison. I didn't expect him to do so well is what he's doing. He, he's really riding well. Like he gets good starts, rides well, fights for his position. Um, yeah, like Thrasher, also never heard of him before. No, like a lot of these guys are, are rookies and they've done really well for their first year. Yeah, it's, I think the reason that you haven't heard of them before is because there isn't like a uh, a big rookie coming up like a, a Cincerello or a yeah. Webb where all the talk is about him. They kind of just enter now true. Like, quietly rather than there being a hype machine behind them. True, true, true. But, um, Let's do this. This is a good way to... Well, actually, have you got any more thoughts on the 250 results? 
Um, well, I'm missing J-Mart there, to be honest. That's a good point. You completely forget that he was meant to be out there. I think he should also have been up there fighting for the title. I think, if not winning the title. And, uh, it's a shame how he went down first. He didn't even do like one lap. Yeah, I think, yeah, actually, especially with, with the way that, like, I don't think J-Mart would have been able to beat Cooper if Cooper was for Cooper from the first round. But with the way it's shaken out now, there's no reason why J-Mart can't beat these this inconsistent field. I guess you'd call it. It's not really inconsistent, but and it's not, a, there isn't, no one's exactly, like, running with this thing. No. I mean, like Jordan Smith, I expected him to be better. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a, that's he, a fantasy headache. Yeah, I actually never picked him in my team. Well, I did once, he, and then he just exploded. I, I don't, he looks so sketchy on the bike. Yeah, it just he doesn't. Just look, it doesn't, doesn't look like look, he's ever sat. Doesn't look correctly. like he's ever in control. I, he just needs to relax a little bit. It, he's such a good rider. I expect him to be fighting for the title this year, actually. But he just wasn't what I expected. I um, I'm interested to see what happens with him contract-wise for next year, because someone I read somewhere that. Pro Circuit would like to keep him because they really like him. And my first thought was, there's no way you can keep him off of these results. There's no case to be made for keeping him on a bike. He's he's so fast when oh, he's when right. he's when okay. he's on when he's on he's on. But he's just up and down. Like Joe Shimoda for me is such a better pick. He's super consistent. He's 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 like if you compare him and Jet, there's such a hype on, around Jet, and he's actually not that far behind. Um. This is a good, uh, this is a good example of what I've been thinking. So you say Smith can win and all of that, yeah. Well, the, in the past he years, he has the potential. Yeah, he, in the past years, he's shown he can win. Well, so he obviously almost he almost won the two fifty title the year that Osborne won it. Uh, the first time that Osborne won it, also no, the first time that Osborne won it, twenty seventeen, um, twenty eighteen. I think he was in it, but not as close. And then since then, fuck all. So that's a long time. Like I'm, I looked it up the other week, and I can't remember what it. I think he hasn't even been on the podium since early 2019, maybe even 2018. He's had some bad luck with injuries, but also, like you say, I think some of that is self-induced because some of these mistakes, you're like, like, why did that happen? Mm. Like that shouldn't like um, uh, Arlington one coming out of that little right-hander, like no idea why that ended up going as badly as it did. It just seems to... Well, also the first round, like when his hands came off the handlebar. Yeah, like... But that's... that's Like, he was... He had an injury, his shoulder or something like that, or his wrist. And what, last year or this year? No, now. Oh, yeah. Before coming in. And he said, like, he crashed because he just didn't have the strength to hold on. Yeah, and it's so, like... So it's like every rider has is dealing with something. It's like... But, yeah... Like, I just feel like to re-sign someone like that when there is literally no... Ca- like, unless you're going to cling to 2017 results, which isn't a good idea because, Jesus, if you look at 2017 results, then everything changes. Um, I just can't see how... I can't see how he gets re-signed to Pro Circuit or on a team of that level, so I'm interested to see where his career goes from here because he's going to have to get on a Club MX and rebuild himself. Mm. But... Obviously, once you dip that, once once you've been given, also he's ridden for Geico, he's ridden for Troy Lee, he's ridden for Pro Circuit. Like he worked his way through the top teams. Yeah. Like I True. think rebuilding yourself from there is a difficult thing to do. So I'm interested to see if he can kind of save himself from that one way or another. But I can't see how it's that would be possible. 
I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to your question. Let's um. Let's do this to wrap up Supercross. Um. Four fifties. Obviously, we're thirteen rounds in. What's the biggest surprise in your mind? Biggest Either surprise. Either good or bad. Or let me look. Let me take a look. At these results here. Mine is probably. There isn't, I wouldn't say there's that much surprise in Mine is probably either Tomac being just meh, or I really thought that Wilson was going to show flashes this year. Like I'm a big fan of Dean, and I'm just waiting waiting for it to happen. I thought, I thought there would be some like some rounds where he would be like fourth. And, like there would just be some occasional like, wow, did you see that? But it just hasn't. Been, he's been like a 10th, 11th, 12th guy all yeah. season long. Sometimes he qualifies like top five. And I'm like, yeah, this is Dean's night. Well, yesterday then, he was fifth when he got in. Yeah, and then he just, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't make it happen in the race. His starts are so bad. Like, I think uh, my biggest surprise is probably Plessinger. Yeah, I guess you'd have to, especially not only that he's fifth in the points, but also that he's so close to Barsha. Like, and like... He's a strong fifth in the points. Yeah, he's like a... He can win... Win a win a race, you know. Yeah, which you never would have thought before. No, but um, that's probably the well, biggest you say, surprise. You say Dean's a Dean's but starts are so bad, but um, this is where it confuses me because his starts are so bad. But when I did the first Anstey in America podcast, which is also on Spotify, so once you finish listening to this, check out episode one. Much appreciated. Um, he was talking about how he's noticed that riders have started shifting with their heels again out of the gate. Okay, and he was saying that uh, Roxon's really good at it, and so is Dean. He was like, Dean's got that technique down to a T. Well, obviously, but not it's that not translate. Yeah, it's not translating to actually like a good start. Everyone can do a good practice start in the week. Yeah, true. But it comes down to the race. But um, also talking of starts on Max, that's those Suzuki's get out of the gate. Every start he's like, there. Every like, start. Um, I knew even in the rate, like in the main, like I was like, oh, Max is going to get a good start. You just yeah. know it. Like. Well, you know, like, oh, Dean is not going to get a good start. Or he, he basically there, followed but... followed Webb like around the outside of in the first corner, which actually no, saves Suzuki, him. From... The Suzuki's are doing well in the start. Yeah, I think they've I think they've um, I think they've done a lot of work for the starts. So maybe it's not so bad as people think. When when does Suzuki come back to MXGP? Well, I hear from now from two different people that Suzuki have got a brand new bike next year with electric start and everything. So, if that happens, then that is obviously means they're doing something in motocross. But I was also talking to your mate Strybosch yesterday and he said that um, last time he spoke to someone in Japan who was like the engine guy for the factory or something, can't remember exactly, um, he said to him that they like he keeps trying to find out what's happening and they are just all in on like electric scooters and uh -huh. that sort of stuff. And the second he said that to me, I was like, oh, so they are so far, like they are gone then. They are just, well, if, they're making world. A, if they're making a new motocross bike, that's interesting. Yeah. And I, mean, I didn't believe see, it like, when I first heard it, but it's cool that like Beta is coming with their factory team here in Europe. I never expected that. No, but I would almost expect another version of that before Suzuki now, like a Sherco or something like that before Suzuki comes yeah, out. I don't know. I, th I think it's, Good for the sport if they come back. Strybos, we need that. We need these places on the on the start line. Strybos was another one who said that the plan all along was for, for was for Suzuki to have a new bike in twenty twenty two. So I don't know if that's happening, but I, I have now heard that from two people. 
Um, and if they've if they've gotten a new bike, they've got to market it. They can't release a new bike and then not race it and not like, I think, put it out there. Yeah. But then maybe they can if they release a new bike for two grand less and then people just buy it because it's cheaper. We have to wait and see. I, it would be... I'll tell you what, if they came back to MXGP now, that would be such a big... There would be so much hype and excitement and like, especially like if Suzuki came back for next year and you signed up, like there would be so much like interest in you and yes. the team and like the first video of you riding a Suzuki would just be like like it'd be like yes. watching someone ride a gas true. gas for the first time true, true. like it will if they ever come back it will they will come back with such a such hype that would probably translate to sales so their marketing team should probably notice that that would work maybe I'll right so after I'm done let me make note once I'm done with MXGP I'll go over to Japan and explain that to Suzuki and then that's two things that I fixed <laughs> I'll just work my way around. And MX Vice's fantasy game. That's on the list now. As well. <laughs> um, also, okay, disappointment in 450s this year. Um, hmm. Heartraft? Yeah, Heartraft hasn't been great. I didn't really expect him to do much better. Though. No, but I expected him to not be floundering around with the privateers. Um, I, I want to say Dean Wilson. Yeah, well, it's, I just I I I said I said he's been a he's thirteenth in the championship, which is it's okay. I mean, if you look at the names that are above him, they they've all won titles. Actually, that's just that's a very good point. But so is Dean. But so is Dean. The thing is, I just want Dean to do well. That's maybe why I'm I'm expecting him to do well. Maybe that's why he's my disappointment. The um, like he's Martin Davalos is, is eight points behind him. It's. I said that Dean was has been a tenth, eleventh, twelfth okay, guy. Has, Dean has been injured for how many rounds? Yeah, so. three. But I didn't quite realise that Dean had been such a tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy that his results this year have literally been twelfth, eleventh, eleventh, twelfth, twelfth, tenth, ninth, tenth, tenth. Is it one top ten? Three top, four top tens. Oh, four. Sorry. Yeah, but only one. But barely three of those are actually tenth. So, <laughs> um, no disappointment wise, I would probably go. I. Similar to how you want to see Wilson do well, I want to see Cincerello do well. Like, I mm. want to see him in the title fight because I think that's exciting. So, I'm a bit disappointed that didn't really pan out um, as expected. Tickle, I keep thinking of Tickle because it's just been like a whole lot of nothing. Like, I can't tell you one moment when I've actually noticed him and thought about him and like... I forgot he was even lining up. Exactly, like, it's just been a whole lot of nothing. Like, that's basically the best way to describe it. He's yeah. just been out there, like, going through the motions. And yeah. is uh, behind freeze in the points. So, I tell you what, if you're Moto Concepts and you've invested in a four-rider team this year... Um, well, look at look at Max Max's results. I mean, and he missed how many rounds in the beginning. Like, what do you think he would be if he was racing those rounds? Well, I... He would be, like, I'd say close to, close to where Dean is. Yeah, so I was going to say Dean. But... From what from what I think I heard before he crashed preseason, he was like, "I'll tell you what I'll tell you one of the things I heard after when we stopped recording." But he was obviously at a higher pace than he is now. Like at practice tracks with other riders, apparently he was very much going well. Yeah. Um, so, Which I, I believe. I mean, I saw videos of him riding, and he looked really, really good. Looked really comfortable. Looked I just um, I'm just interested to see if this gets him a different deal for next year. 
would be cool. But, I mean... It would be good for him. The problem is that outdoors is obviously less of a priority. So if he goes and kills it outdoors, I'm not sure that will really... And the problem is people expect him to kill it outdoors. So even because if he kills it... Europe. Yeah, so if he kills it outdoors, people aren't like, oh my God, that's amazing. People will be like, okay... But I don't we think I don't think that. many people expect him to do so well in Supercross. Oh especially no, especially the Americans. I'd imagine I'd imagine that everyone thought it would be a complete car crash. Like he he was for me like faster than Muscan last night. Like, yeah. Okay, around Muscan speed, and Muscan has been Supercross factory rider for how many years? Yeah, like he doesn't look out of place at all when he's in the top ten. Like um like Arlington Free. Um, in the heat race, he passed. He quadded back past Roxon. And it's like, well, you don't do that unless mm. you've got some like comfort, you've got some yes. kind of belief in yourself. Yeah, for sure. But um, okay, so that was that was uh, your disappointment was uh, AC. Yeah, yeah. Or tickle. Or, uh, my tickle isn't even really my disappointment because okay. I didn't even expect anything. But I just all year I've just been thinking about how with tickle there just seems to be a whole lot of nothingness. Like that's basically the best way I'd describe it. And two fifties. I the. Oh, I know my disappointment in 250s. Mumford. Mumford? Mumford. Like, I really thought he would do quite well. Well, he puts on a good social media. His social media is really good. Yeah, he's got, like a prof- he's got like a professional vlogger. Yeah, that's why I think you expected him to do better because there's a lot of hype around him. Well, and the Geico. Obviously, he was a yeah. Geico rider, so okay. that makes you give, like... That makes you feel immediately think. I that, also thought he would do a little bit better than well, what I he's doing. I thought he'd be but, making mains. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not looking for podiums here. I'm just looking for like. I, I thought he would be top ten. Like, um, I don't. I feel like everyone in two fifties is kind of where they would be supposed to be. Yeah. Like, like I am. If anything, I'm surprised. If anything, I'm surprised that Cooper isn't more dominant. That's like my biggest. Like, I ex- I expected McAdoo to do well as well to be that. I like I, I can't I kind of the way it is going at the moment, I kind of this is how it was and like how we looked at it in the preseason, I think. Yeah. I, Everyone's like, oh, okay, McAdoo's gonna be a title contender. Cooper's obviously gonna be a title contender. Who got who got injured on in this coast, actually? Oh, J Mart. A Mart. A Mart as well. But um I didn't expect him to be up there, to be honest. I feel like there are there is another big name, but it's not coming to me. Yeah, Jordan Smith. Oh, well, as we've just discovered, yeah. I don't think of him as a big name. <laughs> and uh, the other coast? Um, it's just a, just a I mess. Wanna, I want to see what I wrote down. A lot of a lot of injuries, right? Oh, bloody hell, you should get over there. After Yeah, after like the first three guys, there's not many... Uh... If you can source a Yamaha 250, you might as well just jump in there and see what happens. <laughs> Man, this is the perfect time for you to do it. Listen, there's no GPs for a year or whatever, so... Oh, yeah, Faulkner. Faulkner should have been there. Oh, yeah, on the other coast, yeah. There's uh, Faulkner, uh, Hampshire, um, Voland. Uh, loads of injuries. I'm pretty, there's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, I think. But I'm, I'm so far... Like, that series is so far removed, I can barely remember what happened. All I can really remember from that is the Nichols Craig battle. Yeah, and that Craig um, crashed in the heat race at the last one yeah. and did his hand in. But what that's um, how many points is that? Uh, sixty-six fifty-eight. That's less than ten. That's eight points. Eight points. I thought they. Were, I didn't think they were that close. No, it was close. I thought it was twelve. Well, I guess that's not a big difference. I thought it was twelve, like twelve I it was fourteen six, actually. 
But eight points, it's it's good. I think that's done though. How like, many rounds do they have left? Three? Two. Two. One of them one of them is solo and one of them's a east west showdown. Okay. Yeah, I have Nichols to win it. Yeah. No, there's almost no I doubt feel like in my he's mind. he's caught Craig past him a couple of times this year, so he d- deserves it. Yeah, I can't see I can't see like similar to what I said about if Roxon and Webb were tied, I can't see a way that Nichols doesn't win it. Unless something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like if ever, if unless even if he crashes in the first turn, I see him well, especially with um the coast being decimated by injuries. But if he crashes in the first turn, I don't even think that's enough because I think he comes back to third or fourth. Mm. Like I just think it's I don't know. I kind of um But it was also interesting to watch the racing. I mean, the first the top the top guys. I mean after the I think is the the sixth Twentieth guy, like yeah, well, I've never heard, of, to, um, never heard of these guys before in my life. Well, Logan Carno, <laughs> yeah, making the mains, making top tens. Um, they lapped up to what sixth one round, fifth one round. So that tells you everything that, you need that, to know that, at that exactly. point. That is exactly what um, that is exactly what you need to know. So, what have you heard, uh, GP wise, for the first round? What do you mean? What have I heard? Well, it's Russia at the moment. Should well, we be rushing to ru- rushing rushing to Russia? I don't know. You have so many rumors. Like, have you heard anything new? Oh, not not more than what's shown on the calendar. I actually. keep hearing. That I hear. I heard that they they might the Russia not, might not go through. Yeah, and that there will be two British rounds. Who told you that? I heard from a good source. Really? Who's your good source? <laughs> Someone from a team. Really? Yeah. Um, mm. Have you heard this before or not? Yeah, I'm just wondering if you've, your source got told it by me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. But could, could be. It could <laughs> be. You know this this person, so. You know there's this. a high chance I came from that. There's okay. a high chance where, I was second. Where have you heard this? Um, I can't even remember now. I'll be happy with this. Oh, I don't want to go to Russia. Just, let's be honest. Who wants to go to Russia? No one. I, I Even it's the first round and in my head, I'm still like, I wonder if I could get away with not going. <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll be happy to go racing anywhere. I won't. I just don't want to go to Russia. No, I, even, even if it's in, in Russia. <laughs> I will I'll, be I'll in a happy, shit mood if we're I'll, going to Russia. I'll still be happy to go racing. Um, it's not my favorite country to go to, but racing, racing's racing, and I'll be happy to go back. I've never been. I to swerve Russia. it every... every I've, I've been twice. Because it's always in the middle of the season, so I'm always like... Well, I can probably get away with like, <laughs> like it's the, round eight, so I, like, I'm allowed to miss one. Even though the track is... Quite sketchy. It's quite a cool track to ride. Really? Yeah. It looks um, sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dirt I mean, it is. Dirt looks shit. It is sketchy, but it's, it's. I think it's quite a cool, elevated up and down. I think it's it's interesting track. I, I think, think it's quite cool. I think whatever happens, we are racing end of June. Yes. I think. I agree. I think everything in England is going in the right way, and I think that GP is definitely on. Yeah. Well, and they're racing in Majora today, so. But you said that Russia was also. TBC. Yeah, to on the, if, I'm pretty sure if you go on the FIM calendar, which is like the FIM published their own version for some reason. Um, if you go on the FIM's calendar, it's got Russia has a little t- uh, little star next TBC. to it. And as we all know, if a race has TBC next to it on an MXGP calendar, it's as good as RIP. So, well, I, I also heard like normally as soon as the calendar comes out, you know, there's someone from MXGP phoning the teams to be like, you know, you need to pay for the fuel or something like that. Pay for the fuel? Well, the fuel, 
you can't transport fuel. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I thought you meant for like the team trucks. I was gonna no, say. No, no, no. You can't trans transport the fuel in the containers to go to the overseas GPs. Yeah. So I think the teams pay MXGP to organize that. Am I right? Maybe you know. Yeah. Yeah. So and now no one's called. And normally it's like oh yeah, because Russia is obviously like a and overseas. overseas. Apparently no one's called. Oh, so that's good news. And normally apparently they're on it. Like the day after the calendar gets released, they they're calling. Yeah, it does it on the FIM calendar. It does say Russia next race. Um, but um, yeah, Russia little star at the bottom to be confirmed. Okay. R basically, that I have never seen a race on an MXGP calendar not have to have TBC by it and actually be confirmed. Okay. It always goes if it's got TBC by TBC by it. That basically means see ya. <laughs> basically it's as good as that in my mind i really liked the calendar last year when we did three rounds yeah we need to do that or two my my or big two. theory yeah seeing as you've seen as you've liked all my ideas so far i'll give you another one um so i think what they do what they need to do this year is no one really wants to do triple headers everyone would prefer two so let's do i mean i would like three triple headers are cool i like i like just not having to like go into a country and leave straight away like i like being able to actually like but breathe. You mean two as in like weekend after weekend? No, or? no, 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 no. This is my idea. Okay. So so Sunday today, right? So say today we're doing Lommel. Then Wednesday we do Lommel, like we did last year. That's the Lommel that's the Lommel double header. So Lommel Lommel, Sunday, Wednesday. Then next weekend we'd have off. And then the following the Wednesday after that, we would be in Tushintal. And then Wednesday, Wednesday Sunday. Sunday. So then we're getting one extra race out of the three-week span, but still like a full, that's a full week off, like Wednesday to Wednesday is a full yeah. seven days. It's a good idea. <sighs> this has been great for my ego. <laughs> like, I think I think that's because double headers, if they can have fans, they'll still get a decent number of people in for those, I think. Like if they do triple headers, I'd imagine by the last one, there won't be many people showing up. Um, I, I like the, the format last year with the three because the biggest thing is the travel. You know, you travel to one place, you, you stay there, you race, you go back to your hotel or whatever, you're staying Airbnb. And it was like, you get to rest actually yeah. and recover for the next GP. And I like that whole three GPs in one. And for me, it was cool. I, I think it was, it was, it was nice to do. And I also like the one day format. I hate the one day format. I'll leave it one day. No, I think it is. I think it is one day format this year. Yeah. That's already confirmed. They've gone back to. Yeah. And I wonder if it will ever go back because. not. Well, if say round one next year is um normal and then how weird will it be to do a two day format then after two years of not doing it? Why do you like the two day format? Just because it is more motocross. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it builds a bit of excitement. Like after the qualifying race or after the qualifying day, you like, that night, it's like, oh, well, uh, Geyser's got a shit gate pick and oh, mm. like Hurling's won the qualifying race, but Prado's lap times towards the end were really good. And then like, it just gets me like a bit more, like I get Into it. I'm more excited on Sunday rather than okay. like last year. Qualifying was just like a blur. And then an hour after that, the MX2 motor was going and it was just like, uh, well, as a rider, we, I think uh, like for me personally, I hated that qualifying race. I think everyone does, don't they? Or I feel like what's the point? Whereas if you get 20th position, you can still pull a whole shot from 20th position. Well, yeah. If there's one track where you wouldn't have been able to do that, it was Volkenswald and guys have still made it work last year. So Yeah, okay. But like, yeah, I, I, I just don't, didn't like the Saturday. 
I didn't. Well, would you take the Saturday if it was like it was 20 years ago and it's just like. Free practice, qualifying. Yeah, practice. free practice, time practice. I, I think that's a good idea. Free practice, pre qualifying practice, qualifying practice. Yeah. I mean, free sessions, I'd, free I'd, 40 minute sessions is a bit much, but you just fuck around in the free practice. Yeah. Good question. I don't know. But I, I liked it last year with being one day format. Like, you get in, you do your practice, you're qualifying. The one thing I didn't like was that the practice and qualifying wasn't one session. Whereas even the European guys, they oh, had what? A, you mean they like free it practice. switched? Like, there was, um. Yeah, because you, if we want to change something on the bike, we can't. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had to do the time practice with something that we didn't like on the bike. So, so you, we didn't you have would rather it go MX2 free, MXGP free, MX2 time, time MXGP time. Exactly. Rather than 45 minutes just I mean, sat in Euro- European guys had that. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't European do the MX- same for everything. Yeah, they had free practice and then they had a time practice and then they had the two motos. So I f- feel like they should do this also for M- for MXGP and MX2. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. There must be a reason for it. Oh, it's 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 all time. Yeah, just to speed it. I guess you'd have you'd lose ten minutes having to like TV coverage yeah. things like this to switch from MX2 to MXGP. You lose ten minutes, and then last forty minutes if you do that four times, and then at that point yeah. there's no break before the motos. But um, you're back on a bike, so yeah. Uh, and you think that two months before Russia or Matali or wherever is more than enough for sure. For sure, two months is more than a month. Yeah, because your plan originally... It's actually perfect. It's actually, honestly, I couldn't have planned it better. You, originally, you were thinking, like, there was no... If we'd started in Oman, there was no... You were already planning to miss the first two, three three rounds. If the calendar had gone on to how it was planned, I probably would have missed the first round or two. And I would have been rushed to get back. Yeah. Now I can take my time. You know, had... You know, I can take my time. I don't need a rush to to get race ready. I can get comfortable on the bike first. I can do testing with the team. I can get a good feeling and then I can start pushing and building that sprint speed up and things like that um, that you need before the first round. Um, and it would be cool to do some 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 races though before the actual GP calendar come, well, before we get to the first GP. Well, you're not going to do the British Championship or anything, are no, you? No, no, no. Nothing's planned. But maybe there's like a Dutch Championship. Yeah, I heard that the Dutch might start in May. Dutch Masters is apparently going to be four rounds Four to six round. What? Before not, the not GPs? Before, not before. Oh, but one maybe, of them. Maybe one or two yeah. before. Yeah, I heard um, Thursday that Dutch Masters is going to be on in May. Well, that's what they're trying for now. But yeah, if that yeah. happens, that'll be like a GP. I think I think it will happen. And I think it will be good practice to do, especially for me. Um, By that time, I should get back. I wouldn't be 100%, obviously, but I should be getting into race ready for the GPs. And uh, last thing, obviously, you've got Strybos as your teammate now. He's kind of been employed as like a racer, but also test rider. Yeah. Um, from talking to him, I hear that he is taking on a lot of the testing. <laughs> and you're basically going to start from a stock bike. He's going to give you, say, um, he'll give you like, he's kind of weeded out the shit stuff. He'll give you what he thinks is good. And then you will take it and do the final tweaks to go towards what you want. Yeah, I think that's, I think the team hired him to help, obviously to race, yeah, that's yeah. number one, but also to help me and Brent. Yeah. A lot with bike setup and his experience, also at, just at the GPs and things like that. Just well, he's, in, he's very um, passionate about bike setup. Yeah, he is. Yeah, from talking to him, like, I think he's spending 10 days in Italy 
like he is. next week or something yeah, just he on flies, engines he flies Italy next week to test yeah so, so he's not fucking around it's nice that he's that he's here because normally I would have to do that and I don't have time to do that yeah. at the moment yeah and then that would like that would he, something would give like either you'd be fucking around with testing so your recovery or your recuperation wouldn't be moving as nicely as possible yeah. or you would be so focused on doing the recovery the right way that you'd miss out on testing yeah but that's also another thing is maybe he likes something different to what I like yeah so sometimes in some situations I need to do the testing myself. Yeah. Which I found that out last year with Alessandro. Like he was Oh, doing, did he take on a lot of the testing? He was doing a lot of the testing because our um engine mechanic or our tuner is in Italy. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't know that. So he's doing all the he was doing all the engine testing last year and he liked a certain bike, but I didn't like the bike that he liked. Yeah. So and when we were in like when we got it to the races I didn't have that race bike to train on before the races. So I jumped into the races and I was struggling because the bike was completely different and I didn't like it. Yeah. But it's Alessandro liked it. And, you know, he was telling the, the guy, the, the engine guy, like, oh, this is what I want. This is what I want. Whereas I want in a different direction. Yeah. So I'm trying to take that into this also, whereas Kevin might want a different bike. A lot of the, the I things think he's, he's smart enough, though, where he can, he knows like, I think he is smart enough to know at what point you have to take over. Yeah, I've told him also what I want in yeah. the bike and what I what I like in a bike. And I, I'm sure he has it written down somewhere and he knows knows this in the back of his head. Um, but yeah, he's trying to find a good bike for all of us and then we kind of personally tune it a little bit. If I'm a, if I'm Geben, I'm already signing Kevin as team manager for the day he retires. To be honest, it's a really good idea. He's he's I think he's helped. Apparently, all my ideas are good according to he's, this. He's um, I think he is so valuable in like if he was a team manager, I think he'd be so on it with the team manager stuff, but also rider relations. Like I think he would make for for a satellite team especially, he would make such a good working environment. Where if for someone like you coming from a factory team, he would like give it that factory feel in a way, mm. or do as like do as like. Because he's got that mentality, he's got that factory mentality still of like. I think he'll he's he will help us a lot. Like what I've heard from Brent is he's already helped him a lot just with riding technique, um, like also bike setup, but yeah, mostly riding how to ride. Like some days in they were in Spain for a small boot camp, and he was telling Brent, Brent, just calm down. I mean, you have so much more time to, to before the racing yeah. starts. Why are you pushing so hard? Just focus on technique. Focus on and that also calms calms Brent down a bit and like when I was on the bike this week he came to watch me riding which is cool yeah I've never had a teammate come to watch me riding before. oh so he wasn't actually riding he wasn't riding he just came to watch see I like Kevin Kevin's good and that, I find that cool I, I like that as well I was talking to him at Lommel and uh I told him how I'd watched 2005 Zolder the other day and I told him that his lines were shit and I was going to text him and ask him what the fuck he was doing on this corner because he was going to the inside every lap turns out he was riding with a broken ankle so okay, aren't I a mess? I've it. never watched that race. So. No, that's why I see. If I just, if I showed you it right now, you'd be like, "What is he doing with that inside line?" But <laughs> turns out he was riding with a broken ankle. So right. aren't I an idiot? Well, he's coming. He's coming in with a lot of experience. Yeah, he, I think I do think he is similar to how I think Deruva is really valuable as a trainer. I think Strybos is really valuable for, like, even if he wasn't involved in the team for you personally, I think he is quite a um, good mentor to have. Yeah. And I think it'll, I think you'll be in a better position this year having him and Brent as teammates. Mm. Like you're still the fastest one on that team, no doubt. But I think 
Well, like already I said, the team, it's it's nice because like last year, Thomas was in England a lot of the time. He never used to come to to Netherlands, to the Holland to come ride. Yeah. Alessandro was in Italy, so I was riding always alone most of the time. And that's why I also wanted to, to train with Harion and his guys. From oh, that's Hutton. how you say his name. From, yeah, Harion. Harion. Uh, Harion. I was going, Harion? <laughs> so that's, you know, just to ride with people. And that was cool for me to get pushed by Thibaut and Gian, and it was fun. And this year, it's nice because Brent's in Belgium, Kevin's in Belgium, we're all really close together and we can ride together. Like this week, we're planning to ride two days, all three riders at the same track. That's cool for me. Yeah. I mean, just to bounce off. And you see the guys on the track when you're riding, you push each other, maybe do motos together. And that's something that I missed in the past. And I think this year it will definitely help. Well, uh, amazingly, this has been two hours. I did not see this coming at all. There was about half an hour where I black. There was about half an hour where I blacked out because we were just yelling about <laughs> random stuff. But I'm interested to see what people think. Who knows? Maybe I'll be president um, in a month's time. Maybe I'll, maybe this is the end of my podcasting. You career. think MXGP listens to these podcasts? Um, I don't know. I I have a strong suspicion. I think some people from MXGP listen, but maybe not the the top like. There, the, the, I think the presidents. Eh, eh. Oh. I think. I d I well, what's what's going to happen one day when MX Fights gets more uh, followers than than MXGP? Oh, and I need to. I need racing to start because um, finding stuff to post on Instagram is making me very angry every day. But it's fine. We have good stuff planned for when racing starts, so it's good. It's I think. I think what you guys are doing this year with it, the whole series is going to be really, really, really good for the sport. Yeah, I. I think. I've been wanting to someone to do this for a while. We've already put like we've started playing around with like little parts of it, like putting little video, like putting clips together and stuff, and it looks already like, I, like there was one bit that I got sent like a twenty second, like just a mock up of what can it I, could can go I see like. This? I've been told I can't show anyone, okay. but I can ask for person, <laughs> um, like, but the. Obviously, I was there, but the twenty-second mock-up I saw of it, I was like, "Oh, that actually like got me like a bit." All right, like, you know, you know when you just watch that this stuff and it makes you go like, get a little goosebumps. Yeah, like on you, you just feel like you've watched something that made you. Yeah, I know what you mean. Feel something. Um, no, I'm no. excited. I'm excited for the series to come out. Yeah, and then when uh, when is it out? Uh, well, May uh, May the twenty eighth, first 28th. episode. But I'm not sure it's going to be on TV. And then apparently we can put it on YouTube like two days later or something. But I think that needs what to TV? I don't know. It's being sold to TV channels around the world. Okay. And then the plan is for next year. I think it'll get some more European. I mean, more American guys watching as well. It's. I think it's already done for TV in America. I wow. mean, that's that's the only deal that's done so far. Wow. For TV rights, but um, no, it should be. Hopefully, it's okay. We've got a lot. We're taking a lot on this year, but if it all works out, it will. Um, it, it should hopefully change. We should be sat here this time next year, and hopefully, we'll be able to talk about MXGP in a different like how yes. everything's gone forward a step. But um, any final words, final thoughts? Can you believe this has been two hours? <laughs> it's gone quite quickly. It does. I'm, it I'm excited. Does. I'm already excited for Tuesday to watch racing. That was also another thing with it. With I actually three, forgot it was Tuesday. With the three rounds, it's like. Like now with us not racing, it's cool because you know the next race for us to watch is Tuesday Supercross. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think for other fans also it was be cool. Like with MXGP being three, like the three races in a row, was cool because ah during the week they have something to watch. Yeah, it's um, 
I guess the only downside that MXGP has to that is Supercross is night, so everyone mm. gets home from work and watches. Whereas um, MXGP, yeah, like today. MX Vice traffic on the on the midweek races, like. 4 p.m. There was such a spike where everyone obviously got home and then was seeing what happened. Okay. Like, like Twitter and stuff during the day was so quiet where it was just like everyone was at work. And, All right. But yeah, it is what it is. It was. It is what it is. I'm excited to go racing anyway. Back to MXGP. I still have quite a lot of uh, work to do on the on myself and with my riding with the bike. Um, but I feel like it's definitely going in the positive way. And uh, yeah, I look forward to get back getting back racing you'll be good this year i hope so i think i think I, uh, I plan to do good this year i think what do i think a good number of top fives sort like top 10 every week will I, will I be on the podium i think you get one podium okay i think nice. i think that happens just just one Right now, I will bet on one because okay. if I bet on more right now, but if, if I had to bet right if, now, I would bet money on there being one at I some like point. That. I like at that. some point. I like that. Just as long as I think Kevin will help with the team and that, so I think that will help you get there. Yes. Like that will take you closer to obviously the juggernauts of HRC and um, KTM. But no, I'd actually be surprised if you don't. Well, you got a fifth in Mantua. So and with, at that with, point, it was still With a good start, it was actually quite easy. So the start is everything, actually. But um, yeah, I look forward to it. Um, that's my goal is to get top fives and to get on the podium. That's that's my goal. Well, if you'd race Trentino, you probably could have chances of you getting one there were quite high. Alessandro oh. was third in a moto. Yeah. So, like, it's not it's really not far away. I just need is to it? get more comfortable, to be honest. That's that's it. And time with time that that will come. I mean, my first year in MX2, um, also was a struggle. But the second year, I got on the podium first my, for my first podium yeah. in MX2. The year after that. I don't think I got on the podium then, but then, you know, each year was getting better and better. And um, what got, year was your first MX2 podium? 2016? 2016, yeah, yeah. correct. And yeah, so then 2017. I, it's, they say it takes three years to actually peak in yeah. a class. And in MX2, I was peaking 2018, 2019 with, with Honda. I had eight or how many? I had 10 podiums with, with the Honda. And then... I feel like in MXGP, it's also going to take me two or three years to start peaking. And I'm expecting to be on the podium next year, just maybe one time or, you know, two times. But the year after that, I'm expecting to be on the podium a little more. And, yeah, year, yeah. and I want to be fighting for the title 2023 or 2024. No, like people, like even Latvia, you were second in qualifying at one point. Uh, almost Third one, I think. I almost had pole. Yeah. Like that, all of that stuff indicates for, like all of that stuff, A, gets forgotten about and B... If you put all of that stuff together, the fifth in Mantova, the uh, good qualifying times on occasion, add, and then add in the fact that you were riding with a torn ACL, it all kind of swirl it all together and it all indicates that yeah. like, if podium isn't that much of a stretch. If I'm 100%, I'm, I can definitely see myself getting on the podium. Yeah, I, I would, I would be surprised I don't just if it be doesn't the, happen. The guy who's good in qualifying, because a lot of guys were saying yeah. that, and I hated that. What? Really? Yeah. Who said that? I don't want to say names. Okay, definitely going to ask that as soon as we stop recording. No, that surprised me because like not one point of, did it ever enter my mind last year that you were a qualifying maybe they were, Maybe they were jealous or whatever, but... Oh, was it another rider? Another another rider's mechanic. I could probably guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it didn't, it didn't sit well with me. I didn't like that. I was like, I'm not just a fast qualifier. Well, yeah, at no point last year did that enter my mind. Like, I, at no point was I like, oh, yeah, yeah of course, like... 
I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it should have entered my mind, or I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you've got to go play golf. Yep. So round of nine. This. Yeah, this wraps up the fly racing uh, post race podcast. Atlanta one. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta one review. MXGP bullshit and also a whole lot of other stuff. Um, yeah, fly racing. Uh, released their 2021.5 kinetic mesh gear over the weekend so i think you can get that in dealers now also see it on uh, their guys savachi bogle osborne if he was racing uh flyer well represented throughout um throughout american racing and also in gps this year as well they've got some new guys so yeah and also the formula helmet which is just redefined the game as far as helmets go calvin wishes he could be in a formula helmet i'm sure but no comment <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's a wrap thanks to everyone for listening maybe who knows maybe this will start something and other gp riders will want to do supercross reviews and this is now going to be part of my life but we will see so thanks for listening and uh yeah we'll be back with another podcast soon so see ya <laughs>